Welcome to the Rich Roll Podcast, episode 78, with Timothy Olson. The Rich Roll Podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to the show. Uh, before I get into it, if you hear like beeping in the background or trucks driving around, they're doing construction across the street from my little office where I'm recording this uh, introduction, and uh, it would appear that they're building a mall, right? Like as if we need another mall in Southern California. So we're just going to have to accept it. Uh, There's nothing I can do about it. Hopefully it doesn't bug you too much, but uh, it's about surrender, surrendering to what is, being in acceptance. And it's relevant to today's guest, to today's show, which we're going to get into in a minute. But before we do, just a uh, quick thanks for all the great comments and feedback on the good Dr. Clapper episode last week. That guy is like a national treasure. It was such a pleasure to sit down with him, and I'm really glad you guys enjoyed uh, our conversation. I'm stoked about that. So, all right, what to say, what to do, what do we do here, what do I do? Well, let's see. I have a name. We can start there. It's Rich Roll. And each week I bring to you the best, most forward-thinking, paradigm-busting minds in health, fitness, wellness, diet, nutrition, spirituality, creativity, entrepreneurship, life transformation, running, cycling, swimming, triathlon, Ironman, Ultraman, Ultra Running, Timothy Olson. Hold on, people. Hold your horses. Not yet. Not yet. The goal. The goal is to motivate and inspire you to take your life to the next level, to help you discover, unlock, and unleash your best, most authentic self. Yes, dude. Timothy Olson. Not yet. Not yet. I had to put my dog down the other day. The Prince Bodhi. Bodhisattva. Bodhisattva, in case you are not familiar with that word, it's a Sanskrit term that loosely translated means enlightened being, which is kind of what dogs are. Enlightened being, motivated by great compassion. And that was certainly Bodhi. That was my dog. He was a great dog. A great dog. A golden retriever we got about 12 years ago who lived a great life. Uh, We got him back when we were still living in a teepee and an airstream. But that is the subject of a different podcast. In any event, he was an amazing friend, an incredible companion, and uh, cancer took his life. It happens. Uh, It is the heartache that comes with a short life lived by dogs. And I guess that's just part of what it means to own a dog. And I accept that. I surrender to that truth and that reality. But that doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. Uh, It was not fun holding his head when he couldn't even stand up and watching the vet inject his weak body uh, with what would ultimately uh, put his pain away. You're doing the right thing. It is the humane thing to do, the mantra of the doctor. And intellectually, I know that to be true, uh, but it certainly didn't feel that way when it was happening. And uh, Bodhi is gone. And I guess the point is, as trite as it may sound, and it certainly is trite or contrite, uh, life is short and uh, life is precious. 
and life is fleeting. We spend so much time living in our flawed memories of the past and, and projecting outcomes and fantasies onto a future that doesn't even exist and probably won't exist. And what we rarely do is live in the now, anchored in the present, present in the moment of what is happening, happening right now. And uh, why is this so hard for us human beings? You know, I know that when I can get there, when I can get into the moment, when I can be present, it's great. And that's a big part of why I love running and cycling and swimming and being on trails and outdoors and all of that. It helps facilitate that. But it's not always easy. I get it. I know. Timothy Olson, living in the now, embracing the present, enveloped in gratitude. That's this guy. Sure. Uh, if you follow ultra running, then you know well enough that Timothy is one of the most epic, accomplished ultra runners on the planet right now. This guy is insane. Aside from Killian Jornet, who, <laughs> you know, is almost a write-off as a complete freak of nature, uh, you could make the argument that Timothy is is the greatest, if not one of the greatest ultra runners out there right now. The guy is completely on fire and at a minimum, uh, the best American ultra runner currently competing. And I love this guy for many reasons. There are so many points of overlap and interest in, in his story that intrigue me. Uh, he's a guy who pulled himself out of a drug-fueled descent into the darkness. And if you know me, you know that uh, that is a, a storyline, a narrative that uh, I like to explore. Um, and, you know, in his case, it, it had him incarcerated on probation. It took him to some pretty dark places. But he found his way out. He crawled out of it. He found solace through running, through embracing the now, through being in nature, through touching the void and getting connected to gratitude. And that's all fine, but consider this on a purely athletic level. Timothy didn't even start competing as an ultra runner until about five years ago. And two years ago, in 2012, only three years into his ultra running career, he absolutely destroyed the field at the Western States 100, which is widely considered one of the most pre prestigious, if not the most prestigious, uh, ultra running race on the planet. Not only did he win, he broke the course record, and he broke that course record by 20 minutes. Incredible, right? And he went back in 2013, he won the race again, and he's out crushing it this year with his sights set on uh, the Hard Rock 100 coming up in July as his key race. Uh, he's a fascinating guy, but uh, it's less his accomplishments that I'm interested in and more in his spirit, his soul surfer approach to sport and to life. And a guy who, you know, knows real pain, has lived in the pitch black prison for reals and came out the other side, driven to find, explore and embrace the love and the light in what he's doing living close to nature, living a minimal lifestyle with his priorities straight, a dad, a husband, a father, at peace on the trail. So I guess you could say one bodhisattva in my life has moved on and a door has opened and in walks another. And that's why life is truly beautiful, you guys. So let's see how this rolls. Enjoy. Did you go running in Malibu this morning? Um, the run turned out not the best. I w went on kind of the boardwalk 
for a uh-huh. few miles and then it ended. And so I ended up running just kind of along the one for a while. Oh, you did? Uh, yeah. Oh, that's which, a shame. Which I was kind you're of not, bummed. You're not supposed to be on pavement. Yeah, I know. It was, <laughs> it was not, not your trip, planned. Man. And um, yeah, but I was kind of just, you know, you need those, those kind of runs to enjoy the other ones too. So yeah. it was but good and you, still pounded out some good miles. So. You, don't, you don't usually run on, on roads at all, really. No, not at yeah. all besides like getting back and forth to the trailhead. Uh-huh. Uh, you should have, I should have sent you in the email. I could have given you some good trailheads that are. Yeah. Favorite. Well, I was going to go up to, um, like Topanga, uh, state park or something like that. And uh-huh. then, um, Krista wanted to just meet me coming along here. So I was just trying to make it easier for her and it right. turned out, but it worked out. I still right, got to right, run. Right. In, so cool, man. Well, uh, I appreciate you taking the time to do this and, uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of people that are pretty psyched <laughs> that we're talking, man. And it's like, where to where to begin? There's so many so many things I want to talk to you about. Um, uh, you know, I think that uh, it would be easy to kind of go. Let's just go through all these crazy races that you've won. And like, I'm less interested in all the races that you've won than in the kind of journey that you've taken to get there. Like, that's that's what I find really interesting about your story. And one that, you know, I could, I, I feel like I can tap into emotionally, you know, so let's take it back, man. You know, yeah. let's take it back to Wisconsin. Let's <laughs> take it back to the uh, Christian upbringing. <laughs> okay. Kick it old school. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah well, I um, grew up in Wisconsin, really small little town called Amherst, um, thousand people. And um, basically my whole family, mother and father's side are all around there. My um, grandparents opened a little hardware store and um, in downtown Amherst, and my dad mm-hmm. took that on, and uh, that's where I grew up working and spending a lot of time um, when I wasn't doing like sports and stuff. Right, but you were always you were into sports as a young kid, right? Like basketball and yeah, I, I um, basketball is probably my main one. Right, um, that I really like. I I really got into basketball. I was you know had all my favorite players and those posters were on my wall, and I spent you know day and night playing basketball outside through the winter i'd you know i'd scrape the the ice off the driveway uh-huh. so i could could play and till my hands were numb and i i just i loved it and really got into that and and then eventually kind of switched over doing in high school i i started running cross country track to right. get in shape for um for basketball and so it was it wasn't it wasn't like this immediate love with running it was running was serving an end yeah yeah for a sure different end. yeah and it, you know i was running a lot of just pavement there and uh, fast miles and um well for a high schooler and um yeah I, I think the thing that really got me was the friendships that i um had a, like and developed in in that um arena just uh cross country such a a fun, just, you know, kind of the, at least in my school, everyone was so into football that right. cross country was where like the dorks went. Oh, they so, always like, are yeah. at, at every high school. And it's such a good bunch of people. I, uh-huh. I love the cross country kids and which brought me back later, um, after some trying years to back to coaching just because I wanted to be a part of that and, you know, just inspire kids to have, have fun and know that running can be fun. It's not just, uh, you know, trying to, you know, get a certain PR or, you know, how fast you can go. Right. It's about, you know, just really developing yourself. And, and yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's something that you carry into your running now and that you always seem to, you know, exude. I, I look at your, you know, Instagram pictures and 
And it's you, you know, once again on the top of Mount Wilson for the third time this week in nothing but a black pair of, you know, running shorts and like no heart rate monitor, no GPS watch, no, you know, no camelback, like one water bottle. Yeah, there's water up there. And a big smile on your face. Yeah, I love it. And I probably get up to Wilson too many or too many Instagram photos of Uh, Wilson. No, keep it coming, man. It's beautiful up there. I just, you know, I, I like to bring people like on that journey for people that don't get to go run in mountains every day, but, you know, still like, you know, feel that in their heart and want to be out there and, you know, just seeing a picture of a cool spot. Oh, yeah. I, I love to see it. So I try to throw something up. Like and that. we were talking about this before we turned the mics on, but, uh, you know, it's Southern California has a lot to offer in terms of, you know, the outdoor experience. I mean, it's very easy to kind of think of LA as a sprawling, you know, highways and all that kind of stuff. And it certainly is that, but, you know, you can find these incredible places. I remember the first time I went to Mount Baldy, which is just outside of, this is a little bit further down from, from where you're running. And I'd lived here for years and I was like, what, this place is here. Like I couldn't believe it. You know, Baldy's incredible. It's, it's my favorite run here. It's just such a classic route, you know, uh, hard, steep, um, you know, rocky in sections and, you know, you get to the top and you're just on top of the world around here. It's, it's beautiful. And mm-hmm. the mountains just, you know, go for just unending. They just keep rolling and, mm-hmm. and going and there's trails all around. So, you know, wherever you are in LA, there's all these really awesome places, even, you know, where we are now in, in Malibu, the, mm-hmm. the canyons here. Are, these are the mini mountains though. Compared they're to the mini, but running. you still can get some good running. Yeah, in. So yeah, I have yeah. a lot of friends that live down here, get the runs on and then get, you know, their um, bigger runs when they want to the when they want to be men they yeah. go out your way right <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> but taking it back to high school i mean were you uh like a popular kid were you like known as like a sports guy or or you know what was kind of like your social scene yeah i was um you know <coughs> um in the mix there i was like friends with everyone i was like like you mentioned before i grew up very um i have a very christian background mm-hmm. my family were really into that and i spent um a lot of my um, childhood growing up, going to church things, um, missions trips, um, and, um, you know, just trying to, to please my parents and, um, and enjoy that and had a lot of good friends through mm-hmm. that. And, and then through high school, um, you know, still was um, pretty religious and so I didn't go out partying or anything. So I didn't have, you know, those type of friends that you, you kind of have, but I was still like included in the circles and mm-hmm. during school just cause I, you know, it was fun. I had a good time and then I was in all the sports. So, um, and the group that I uh, was in, we just all, um, very eclectic group that we were kind of, you know, dabbled in everything uh-huh. and we're friends with everyone. So, and it was a small school. So, right. um, yeah, I, I had a good time in high school and, and uh, it, was, it was a good place to grow up, and it was nice to eventually move on and, and find, uh, uh, you know, explore the rest of the world, explore mountains. and Right, but I, I feel like, you know, this, this exploration that you're on really was forged out of, you know, some pain that you went through. I mean, at some point, this high school experience kind of transformed into... Uh, you know, a different, you know, path for you for a little while. And so, you know, I'm interested on in what was kind of going on inside you that kind of led you down the wrong road for a little while. Yeah, I, I think after high school, I just, um, you know, wanted to find my own path and wasn't always making the best choices. And some of the friends that I, I, I had were, um, you know, they, they were, they were good people just kind of caught up into, in the wrong things. And, you know, I didn't just, 
start with, um, you know, like smoking marijuana or drinking. It was kind of like that was a little part of it, but it kind of they all the friends that I did that with were already into a lot harder drugs. So uh-huh. it just kind of was around me and I kind of got just in it um, fast and um, caught up in it quick. And um, is it like a, like a people pleasing thing? Like you're just in the environment. You want to be the guy everyone likes. I think so. I think yeah. I was, um, you know, just really kind of, um, I was outgoing, but like inside I was nervous and like, mm-hmm. you know, wanted people to like me, wanted to, you know, have fun. And as I kind of got older, I was watching everyone else, you know, have a good time partying and I kind of wanted to do it, but didn't, but I wanted to, to please people and go out to these parties. So I'd go out and then I'd try these different things and, and like, you know, have a good time. Um, and, um, you know, just kind of didn't want that high to go down and kind of, right. and then it just kind of kept spiraling and well, it's fun for a while. Like if yeah. it wasn't, you wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't you know, it. you it wouldn't would've... get invested in it. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, it's this, it's the thing that you always hear. It's like, it works until it doesn't, yes. you know, and if it didn't work initially, then it wouldn't be something that you would pursue, you know, pursue yeah. until you're in enough pain to, you know, realize that you got a little course correction. ahead. And, and that's basically what happened was just, you know, you, you suffered enough. And I think one of my biggest problem, like, was that I, you know, I kept going in it and I got, I got in trouble. I got, you know, caught with, with drugs, but, um, that didn't like stop me. I was kind of, uh-huh. it kind of made me go deeper and deeper in this hole. And I think one of the things that really got to me is I, I, we kept judging myself through that. I made these mistakes and then I, um, just really hated myself. I hated who I become and well then the only way to deal with that is to you know use more so you don't have to feel those feelings exactly that's the downward spiral in a nutshell and i and i got there and uh uh, which is you know looking looking back now that was trying times and you know doing stupid things but also what's you know created the person that i am and it's just kind of this you know this you know, life is a beautiful mess and you, mm-hmm. you know, you, you do all these different things that, that, uh, lead you to where you are, um, later on. And I'm, yeah, we have such a limited perspective on, on our lives in a given moment and, and the kind of impact of the decisions that we make. And, you know, we judge, we judge these things. We judge ourselves based on almost no information <laughs> about yeah. whether something is good or bad. It's just our instinct to say, Oh, this was a bad choice or a good choice. And I remember when I first got sober and, you know, I'd go to these, I'd go to these AA meetings and you, some old guy would get up and he'd be like, I'm a grateful alcoholic. And I'd be like, what is he taught? You know, like, what does that mean? You know, I don't understand that, but I mean, it's essentially what you're saying. It's sort of being grateful for that experience. It's like that crucible of pain forms who you are and that sets a new trajectory. It helps you learn about who you are, what, you know, what you don't want to be, what you want to be. And and, you know, your whole crazy adventure, you, I'm sure you could have never predicted it, but it was really kind of formed out of that. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm really happy I went down that way. Like, I, I love that statement, grateful uh, alcoholic, because it's yeah. just, um, yeah, I was definitely addicted to things and, and making not the best choices, but it, it led to something so much better and led to me really striving to be the best person I could be. And, right. um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with it. Right. That's good. And it was, it was, it was pretty dark, right? Like you went to jail for a little bit. Yeah. It was a long haul, man. Uh-huh. I, uh, and I think it was just the pain of watching other people suffer, like hurt, hurting my family uh-huh. through that was really tough. And I think that was, 
like, you know, kind of after I hit some lows, it was just hating myself so much that I couldn't forgive myself. And I think mm -hmm. when I finally like made that, that statement, like I forgave myself, I think that's like when, the, you know, the tears really started coming and I was able to just like, just just really get raw to myself that um, I, forg I forgive you. And that's a mm -hmm. really hard statement to do to, to a friend, to someone, uh, an enemy, to yourself. Um, and But that's the path to freedom. Yeah, yeah. Once you did that, like, you know, just that whole weight's off and it's, you know, you're not worried about what you did in the past. You get to live in the now and, and just be, you know, present and not worry about what you did back then or what people think of you. It's just, you know, you get to be yourself and it's a good feeling. It is, it is really annoying, though, that you have to go through things like that in order to have that realization. Yeah. <laughs> like, why can't we just be blessed with that innately, you know? I think the whole time I, growing up, my mom always said, you know, that I always like to put, you know, my, my hairy toe across the line. And I've kind of continued that my whole life. And it's probably something I should should work on. But uh, I don't know. know. I mean, putting your hairy toe across the line is, is, you know, probably part of what propels you to the success that you've had as a runner. Yeah. I like going to you the know, edge. So it goes, it's the good and the bad, man. You yeah. know, um, is that, uh, is that, you know, when you kind of look back and you kind of consider that, that experience and, you know, I was reading, um, I was kind of reading up and getting ready for today. And, uh, the article that really, I really enjoyed above all the other stuff was the piece that you wrote for I run far where you really just told your story, you know, mm -hmm. firsthand, like, and, and told it the way that you wanted to tell it. And it was beautifully written by the way. I Thanks. love that. Um, that's much more, I like reading stuff like that much more than like a race report. You know? yeah. <laughs> like I, I felt too. like, uh, <laughs> this is the guy, you know, this is the real guy, you know? Um, but you had this shower episode, right? Like this is, this is kind of your low moment. This mm -hmm. is your, you know, moment of awakening. And I was reflecting on that and, 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 and it, what I related to about that is this idea that, and this is something I talk about a lot, is that our lives can be oftentimes boiled down to these very specific moments where, you know, something clicks and we make a decision to do something different or, or new that maybe, you know, it can be very dramatic, like I'm not going to take drugs anymore, but it can be something small too, but it, but it sets us on a new trajectory and, and how I think we all have the, some form of those in our lives. And the trick is to develop the awareness or to be able to be observant enough to see them when they're happening and understand how crucial they are and like how precious they are because they pass really quickly. Like, you know, if something intervened right after that shower moment, maybe you would have said, oh, screw it, I'll do it, you know, I'll do it later. And you'd be living a completely different life right now. Yeah, it's... Um it's funny how each of those little moments just, you know, transcend to something bigger. Mm -hmm. And, um, for me, there was like, like I wrote in there, that was, I think I got done with the race. Um, what was it like Lake Sonoma a few years back and had a good race and it was just kind of, I kind of kept that all of the, my past kind of hidden mm -hmm. and didn't know how I wanted to bring that out. And I was just having all these emotions just kind of pulling on my heartstrings and just like, I just wanted to let it out. So I just kind of started writing one day of just my true feelings and why I run and what brought me to this. And I was going to just throw it up on my blog and I'm like, well, like, you know, maybe a thousand people right. read this. I'm <laughs> like, it's kind of a joke. So uh -huh. I'm like, uh, so I, uh, sent an email to Brian at Iron Far and, um, he was more than stoked to put it on. And it was right before a race. 
um, that I was doing that, that weekend. So I just kind of fell into this nice time. And it was th this moment in my life, that, that whole, it's kind of when I guess my career of ultra running took off, but I was just really, I was, my inspiration was just really fed off of, um, you know, meeting a, a beautiful wife and moving to a really cool place where the, the mountains just really spoke to me and, and really got into running them every day. Mm -hmm. And, and then as our life kind of progressed, I became a massage therapist, had a cool little practice going on in Ashland. And then all of a sudden we were going to have, um, our first son mm -hmm. into our lives and, uh, just, you know, realizing like, okay, I've, you know, I've changed a lot of things in my life. I'm really becoming the person that I, you know, would like to be every day and just still wanted to put something out there of like why I, I run and what's brought me here. And so that was just a really, um, pivotal point in my running career to just kind of let people know, um, how I came here and what, um, pushes me to keep going. And well, I would think it's, it's, it's even more than that. I mean, I think it's emblematic of, of, you know, your personal growth because you, you arrived at a place where you were comfortable enough in your own skin to say, I'm going to put this out here. And that's, being vulnerable, like that's takes courage. It takes balls, you know, to like, to be that honest and know that people are going to read that. It's a scary I thing. Was, I was so know? nervous when yeah. I sent it to him and we were like, we were traveling to a race and like, um, Krista kept reading me the comments there and I kept waiting for someone just to kind of, you know, bash me because uh -huh. I was a douche back then. I was, you know, just, um, just you know, living a, a selfish life and, um, and then I got all these just responses. I wasn't sure how like sponsors re would react and just uh, how the community of running mm -hmm. would react to me kind of spilling my past. And, um, I was just overwhelmed with the love that people, you know, showered and how it, um, yeah, all, I remember getting like letters from different sponsors and different friends and just nothing but, uh, just appreciate you being real and putting your stuff out there. And yeah, it's um, the honesty, man, yeah. especially when it's coming from athletes, because people are so predisposed to think that anything that they're hearing or that they're reading about whatever athlete is exaggerated or trumped yeah. up because it's all designed to kind of uh, enhance the brand or, or yeah. whatever, you know? Yeah. And so it's such a breath of fresh air when somebody's honest in that regard. And, and people know that they can see that and they read that and they're like, this guy's being real. Like people want to support that. You know, I'm not surprised at all. Yeah, it was, it was great. The, I ran that race, Leona divide. It was like a day after that was published. And like the mm -hmm. whole time I was running, it was like an out and back. So everyone it just seemed like everyone read it because everyone was like, congratulating me. Like, yeah. you know, oh man, I got a story just like that. And it was just, yeah, yeah. you know, just inspiring to, um, have all these people open up to me and congratulate, you know, me and just, um, you know, just knowing that we're all, we're all the same. And, and especially mm -hmm. I really love ultra running for that, that reason, just this grassroots field, these people that, you know, it doesn't matter how fast or if you're, you're hiking some walking it, you know, just everyone's out there enjoying nature and having mm -hmm. a good time. And we all run the same amount of miles, get to the finish and, you know, get to, kick back and tell stories and it's right. a good thing to be it's an amazing of. community you know yeah. um and i think that there's kind of similarities between y the quest that you undertake when you set out to run an ultra or you adopt that lifestyle and kind of the search that you know a lot of addicts and alcoholics are on i mean a lot of people fall into that because they're lost in their life and they're looking for 
they're looking for comfort, they're looking for answers. And on some weird level, it's kind of a spiritual quest, I suppose, it's a very unhealthy one. Um, And when you take that away, it's like, what are you replacing that with? If that, if that desire, if that internal drive for answers or kind of greater self-understanding is, you know, true to you, if it really does exist within you, you need a, a healthier outlet to pursue that. And, and, you know, ultra running, I mean, you know, I want to get into talking about, you know, you as this soul surfer runner, because you, you sort of, you know, definitely deserve that mantle. But, um, but, uh, you know, how does that work with you? I mean, I'm sure that you get the question a lot, like, well, isn't all your crazy running? Aren't you just being an addict about that? And you just transferred all of that onto, onto running? Like, how do you feel that? Yeah, I, um, you know, you hear that a lot, especially about like ultra running because it's so long and it's Mm -hmm. definitely kind of an overindulgence of, of running. And did I switch from one addiction to the other? And, um, and you know, people can say that and I definitely run a a lot, but, Mm -hmm. um, it's such a healthy thing to me in my mind. And as I go out and go for a run and, um, get to, you know, kind of go over different problems or things in my mind. And all of a sudden that, you know, those, those thoughts or those little problems that I had before kind of float away. And then all of a sudden I'm like in this, you know, just this peaceful meditative spot in the middle of nowhere running. And, um, sometimes I go fast, sometimes I go slow and Mm -hmm. I don't really care. It's just, uh, running just, just brings me to this most peaceful, blissful spot. So, and it's, I'm not doing it on drugs. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. it's not hurting anyone that I feel it's nothing but beneficial to me, but I also think to others. And especially when I started like running, I'd normally go for a run and then I'd come back and I'd have my massage practice. And, um, I was able to really connect with people and, um, understand, you know, what people are going through, be compassionate about that. So when I'd come back from a run, I'd be in such a, you know, a good peaceful spot that I was able to, to listen to people's you know, what's going on in their mm-hmm. life. And uh, I have this problem from, you know, running or whatever you hear. So many as massage mm-hmm. therapists, you, um, you hear so many different things. And, um, it was really, I think beneficial for me to, um, get into my own space so I could be present for them to, to help and, and talk through them through injuries or different problems in their life. And, um, I always see it as like a huge benefit mm-hmm. to the world the people that, um, people that get out and exercise in whatever form being, you know, yoga or running or cycling or whatever. It's, I think that people can consider it self selfish, but I think, um, I think there's a really a lot of good people there and a lot of people that are help changing the world by, you know, going out and having some exercise, breathing mm-hmm. in fresh air and then coming and doing their jobs or taking care of their family or, or whatnot. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it's definitely a form of active meditation for sure. And I know that when I'm actively engaged in that practice, that I'm a better person. I'm, yeah. I'm much more, uh, amenable to be around. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's for sure. And, yeah. and that, that, that feeling that you have when you get back and you're like, you're grounded, you're present, you feel good. You know, you're, you're able to be available to other people in a way that you can't when, your mind is attacking you or your body doesn't feel good and all those kinds of things that I start to feel like if I'm not out training. But I think for a lot of people, I mean, there's a lot of ultra runners that listen to this show, but there's a lot of people that have, that don't run at all, you know? And so when you say, well, it's just this blissful 
peaceful state, you know, it's hard for people to imagine that when you're like, yeah, I go out and I run 30 miles basically every day. (laughs) I think the, you know, what they imagine is some guy who's just suffering uncontrollably, like with every footstep that you're taking. Um, yeah, I I love it. It's not, it's not suffering to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's definitely days I work hard and I'm, um, you know, putting in some good training efforts that are a little bit harder, but a lot of it's just, I, there's just nothing more I, I love than going out for a run. And, um, and then for people that don't run or, or can't and stuff, I, you know, there's just so many opportunities to get out in nature. And I think that's mm-hmm. what really um, inspires me the most, why I chose to be an ultra runner, trail runner, than running marathons or, or you know, different things that um, I really appreciate connecting with nature and just the, that really deep breaths to really get you know, good and grounded. And, um, I, and I found that in other, other ways too, just, um, like I mentioned before, like I think yoga is a really good practice mm-hmm. just because it, it really grounds you. You get to get into your body. And I think that's what running is for me and other activities for people, even, even someone who is maybe doesn't do exercise, but like is a painter or something, you know, or, or sculptor really getting into it. They're just, they're really getting in touch with their body and really being, uh, you know, body aware. And I think that, um, can lead to, you know, creating really cool things, whether it be art in the sense of mm-hmm. making, you know, a masterpiece or playing music or, or running. I think, I they're, think they're very similar. Yeah. They're all they're Well, they're all different ways of getting present so that you can like open the channel. You know what I mean? That you can quiet that noise of, you know, what happened in the past and what's going to happen in the future so that you can just be open to what is happening in the moment. Running does that. I mean, any painter who, you know, is really in the moment of what they're doing or is doing their best work, you always hear them say, well, you know, I don't know. It just came out of me. Like there's no, there's no thought. The thinking mind is, is, has gone away. Well, they have like those like kind of out of body experiences, like where you're just so self-aware. You're not even, you're like, you know, you're up here watching what's going on. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what happens. And I think that's what yoga, yoga really is. That's what yoga is really about. I mean, yoga is about, undertaking these postures so that you can quiet your mind. It's like, it's not, it's not necessarily about the physicality of it. The physicality is a means to, uh, develop tools to greater control your thinking mind and allow your consciousness to take the stage. I I think. Yeah, no, I, I like that. Yeah. So back to, you know, back to kind of like the timeline. So you have this, this epic shower. <laughs> I wish I was there to witness that. It was good. Tears yeah. and all. Um, but that, that kind of leads you to take this road trip. I mean, there's other things that happen in between, but that's this road trip where you kind of just, you and your dog just take off. This is where you kind of start to um, tap into that love of nature and how running connects you to nature. Yeah. Um both of those are just really huge, like as mm-hmm. you said, huge moments in my life where I was just kind of like decided I was over the the point of, <coughs> um, you know, wasting my life and wanting to do more. And, and then um, I, I kind of went from transforming my life to being something better and stopping drinking crazy mm-hmm. and, and um, drugs and, and whatnot. And then I started coaching and coaching was, I think, um, kind of the precursor to before taking this really epic uh, road trip and mm-hmm. um started coaching and it was just really uh got into that really um 
sharing, um, you know, sharing my excitement with, with the kids and, um, for those kids, they weren't really into the sport, but they, you know, just were doing it and, and I made it fun for them. And that was like Mm -hmm. this turning running again into, um, this joyful experience where I was just having fun with it. I forgot about how many miles we were running or the workouts we were doing because we just, we were having fun with it. And, um, that's the key. And then that's That's not really part of the equation at most, uh, high school cross country teams. Yeah, no, no. And it it should be, especially in high school. I mean, gosh, that's, you know, a kid's need and, Mm -hmm. um, there's so much life to go and, you know, have pressure and, all that, uh, you know, high school is a time to really develop yourself. And, and I wanted to be there for those kids too. Cause I made so many stupid choices after high school. I was like, I, they were right in the spot, right where I decided to be kind of stupid. And, uh, you know, just, um, I think hearing someone else go through that, but then back to where I was. And, um, I think it really encouraged some kids that, you know, um, in the choices that they were, you know, making down mm-hmm. the road and, and maybe I got to kind of go through some things to help them so they didn't have to, to go through that. And Do you stay in touch with any of those kids? I do via uh, Facebook, um, uh-huh. yeah, a little bit. And I, I always love when I get, like, a little message from them, you know, congratulating me on my running because it's, um, you know, they, they inspired me to get running again. And I don't know where I would, you know, be if I didn't, um, right. you know, wasn't accepted to, to coach at my local school and, um and get into those kids' lives and, you know, and grow my passion for running again. Because then from that, um, I did some, you know, did a a year of of coaching that. And then I wanted to really go explore the world. And it kind of um, led to me wanting to explore it through, you know, running. I didn't run crazy miles. I never even heard of ultra running when I Mm -hmm. first took my my road trip. But I basically just, um, you know, kind of jumped from one park or place to camp to the next and, um, found whatever trail I could go on and go for a run and got to explore, you know, basically the going towards West. So the, the right. West coast and, um, you know, the further first... West you get, you're like, I need to get out of Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. I, I love Wisconsin. <laughs> I feel bad, but you know, yeah. they don't have mountains and, uh, um, yeah, it was just this, I think this, um, awareness too, that like I, I watched all my family and the town that I grew in, everyone kind of just they're very loving of their, their community and the people and they wanted to stay there. And I think that's great. And, you know, respect if that's the choice that, that you choose, but I really, I had more to discover. I really wanted to get mm-hmm. out and knew at any time I can, I can always go back. I get to see my family and friends all, all the time there. And, um, you know, maybe not as much as I would living there, but you know, they still play a huge role in my life and, um, and continue to. And, um, but I really wanted to, to see what else was out there and, and what's going on with the parents at this time? Parents are, are man, my, my parents are incredible people. They, um, how many kids do they have now? Because, um, oh, a couple adopted kids, like yeah. in the Philippines, right? Yeah. Well, uh-huh. me and my brother are, um, you know, blood, um, the, the kids, but then right. we have two awesome sisters adopted from the Philippines and, um, at two different times, um, they're, you know, they're not, um, biologically uh, siblings but um but you they, have more you're not sure maybe you have some more brothers and sisters oh, I, you're like how many do we yeah, that's the thing <laughs> so that's i don't even know because um my parents got into foster care um, oh wow kind of towards as i was um leaving um you know when i was like 19 20 or so right so they had a few foster kids come in the house and um i got to know them and um 
and I won't go into a huge story, but th there's been a lot of foster kids that have gone in and out, and my parents are just such loving people that um, they've adopted two more of them. Oh, my God. Um, wow. My, yeah, right. Two more, and then um, three of them that they watched um, prior for a few years, and then um, the, the mother was out of jail, and then they went back with the mother, which was great, and things were going well, but then the mother got another drunken drive-in and had to go mm. back um, into the system. So those three kids are back with my family right wow. now. So, um, yeah, I don't even know how many so kids are in my clear. parents' house yeah, right it's now. It's unclear yeah, how many but, kids. Um, <laughs> that's just, I guess, to show you how, you know, the love of my parents. Right. Um, and when you were getting in trouble, I mean, how did they? How were they trying to manage you? Um, you know, they had their, their good days and bad days with that. Um, you know, I, I definitely hurt them with uh, just, um, you know, just lying and, and not being the person that they, you know, were hoping I'd be. I'm not, a, you know, a missionary somewhere mm -hmm. uh, doing that, which, um, you know, just wasn't my path. And I, I needed to, to follow my own path. And Are they cool with what you're doing now? Yeah, they love what I'm doing mm -hmm. now. They're, um, they've come to some races and they're always cheering me on. They have so many kids there that they aren't able to travel right. um, as much as they would like to. But um, I think they're going to come out to Hard Rock uh, later this that's year. Cool. That's going to be your, that's your big race this year, right? That's when I'm really, yeah. Mm -hmm. Who knows how it'll go, but you know, to to run 100 miles on the San Juans with um, just views on, you know, with and so many cool people and just the the whole vibe around that race is it's not about racing. It's about just like this community. It's like the ultra running community just getting together and just you know loving the mountains, mm -hmm. getting out there and and seeing if they can you know, uh, peacefully walk through those mountains without right. being just tortured by them. So, um, I'm really excited for that. And there's some, um, really good runners that got in, um, this year. So it'd be fun to just kind of hang out with some good friends running those mountains and, and see what we can do. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be exciting to watch you do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, that's kind of been my training every day is, I mean, why, and why, how come no Western States this year? Cause, um, a few, it's, Hard Rock is a couple weeks after that, and um, my body just can't recover within two. But weeks. you didn't want to go go back and try to do it three times. No, I've just three times. It's just one of those. Um, I've done this with other races too, where it's just you know I've, I've ran it, I've loved it. It it's, has a really special place in my heart, but um, and it's a race that I might do again mm -hmm. someday, but. I've just, uh, I've had a good time the last few years there and really wanted to move on and try something else out and not really concerned about trying to go for a three-peat or anything like that. It's, right. Um, I'm really happy that I got two wins there and I've had, um, you know, I've had the first year I ran it, I was, it was brutal and then um, kind of figured out the course well and understood it and had two really good years at it. And, um, and that was a lot of fun and yeah, and like I said, I'll be back to it. But this year, I just wanted to try something different, and didn't even know I was going to be in, get accepted into Hard Rock. So I had some other races that I might do um, instead. Um, well, what do you mean you you didn't <clears throat> you didn't think you'd get accepted? No, I've, I've tried. This Sorry, is my four, this is my fourth year <coughs> trying to get into. You've hard won Rock. Western States two years in a row. Are they they're going to not accept no, you? No, they don't care at all. Um, which is well, what's kind of, the criteria then? There's just a little a lottery, and thousand people uh. go into it, and they pick it out, and. Um, so it doesn't matter, like your resume doesn't matter? Not, not at all. Really? Yeah, which I kind of, wow. I respect and like, just because, like, I've tried for four years. Um, another really good runner. You don't think there's any, like, hanky-panky with that at all to make sure they get a couple good guys in there? What they, if all they got were, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like all first-timers or something like that? Yeah, 
I don't know. I um, I there's I don't even know all the rules to the the lottery because it, once you've done it for a few years, mm-hmm. um, you get to come back and like the previous winner, um, gets to come back. Um, so last year's winner, um, uh, Seb, who's also um, runs on the North Face team with mm-hmm. me, and he won it last year, set a really awesome time, and um, and he's coming back this year. And there's lots of international runners that got accepted this year, which is, um, you know, normally that doesn't you don't have that many top top runners from right. from Europe so you never really know how the the um the lottery is completely picked out because mm-hmm. a lot of us really got in that are um you know that have raced before and are pretty competitive and um so I don't know but I'm just for me I'm just stoked that I got in cuz it's after 4 years of trying to get in and it's just for me it's the race in the United States that I wanted to run since I started ultra running right. and um, one that I'd love to continue to run just, um, yeah. To take it back into kind of the early days of, of, you know, your adventures in ultra running, I mean, after this road trip and you meet your wife back in Wisconsin and you guys kind of decide you're going to embark on this life together and, and you start heading West and you find yourselves in, in Ashland. And I think that's another, that's another one of those like seminal moments in your life. Like you ended up unbeknownst to you in this sort of mecca of ultra running and you know before you know it you're off you know on the trails with with (laughs) Hal and you know yeah um and some of the greats and you know I think that must have informed like a huge part of this evolution for you yeah for um (laughs) good or bad um you know I, I rolled into Ashland um not having a clue what I was getting into we were just camping at the the hot springs in in the town and we really liked the vibe of the town, and there's trails everywhere, and we just instantly fell in love with Ashland. It's, you know, if you haven't visited, go visit. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing place. The people are, are incredible there. And um, and so we moved there and, you know, wanted to, to find some friends. So we went to the local running store, uh, Rogue Valley Runners, who where Hal owns yeah. the store. And, um, you know, they were just they were amazing from the very beginning. We were just looking for friends and they invited us to the Halloween party, um, you know, like a couple of weeks after we moved there. And so we were instantly like, you know, brought into the group and right. I, you know, I wasn't a, a runner by any means. Uh, like, you know, I was trying to just do a, you know, an hour run with them and the group run and try to survive through that. So, mm-hmm. um, they were super friendly. To me <laughs> Who and, else is in the group run? Yeah. Oh gosh. So like you have like, um, Hal Kerner, so uh-huh. him, Ian Torrance, um, another legend in ultra running, um, the Skaggs brothers, Eric and uh-huh. and Kyle, uh, Jen Shelton. Uh, um, yeah. So, you know, like the whole Born to Run crew is, right. is pretty much living <laughs> there. Um, you know, Scott Jerk would come visiting every right. every few weeks. He would come through. And, you know, the best part is I had no clue who these, these people were. I'm right. just like, yeah, they, they can drink well and they, and they, they like to run a lot. Uh-huh. And, um so I kind of, you know, you're just, and you're just out there having a good time trying to keep up. Yeah. I'm just trying not to die basically. And right. That was the best part is like, you know, they would invite me for runs. It's like, Oh cool. I, friends are wanting to, you know, invite me uh, on the trails. I'll in like, this I got, new town that I live in. Yeah, where I don't this know fun. And, uh, and then we go for a run and I, you know, they're just laying down, just going up mountains so fast. And I was just holding on, you know, in the back, just you know, like wheezing and, you know, coughing up a, a lung just because it was ridiculously fast and hard. And I was not used to that at all. And how many years ago was that? Uh, f- like five and a half years. That's not that long ago, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I got into this ultra running thing fast and yeah, just been going with it. Um, 
but it, I think it was a lot to just having, you know, that, that community of people mm-hmm. that, um, you know, were willing to accept me into their group and, um, you know, I'd ask them, uh, you know, a billion questions about running, go for a run, run with Hal and, you know, we'd be joking about normal things, but I'd be, you know, kind of plugging away of questions about it. And, mm-hmm. um, I get answers here and there or no one's ever really sure what Hal does for training, but, uh, <laughs> he does well for, for some uh-huh. reason. Um, so it's just having, having those guys <laughs> with such knowledge, um, was, Sorry. Oh, no worries. um, was incredible to like f- fall into that and, um, and then that's when I started massage school in Ashland. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I didn't see them for a while cause it was like a really intense course. I was just, you know, I'd get up in the morning, go for a run and then it was classes all day. And then in the evening I would, um, be practicing massage, but which worked out with a lot of, um, the runners and why I turned into like more of a sports massage therapist because I'd have all these new buddies. Clientele. Yeah. All these new buddies were like, Oh, you give free massage. You mm-hmm. need to work on this. I have, you know, I have this Achilles problem. I have this problem. And, um, so it really got me into, um, you know, helping out sports injuries early on. And as I was learning massage and, um, and then it just kind of progressed and eventually, you know, some people would pay me occasionally and right. some people are still trying to, you know, work off the freebies, <laughs> but, um, it, it was, I would, yeah, it was I would imagine at some point though, this crew, this crew, this group is like, all right, man, time to sign up, time yeah. to, you know, show us what you got. Right. Well, that, that was the thing, like after, you know, just a little bit of getting into, you know, the running, running with them and they, they knew I, I liked it and was getting a little bit better, but then they invited me to my first, mm-hmm. uh, 50 K and it was, uh, uh, they call them, um, a sofa, Southern Oregon fat ass run. So mm-hmm. it's like normally in January, kind of everyone has like this low key type of, not a race per se, but just a run somewhere. And it's kind of to shake off the cobwebs and right. you know, get Christmas cookies off your belly and stuff like that. And, um, so they invited me to that. It was, and I didn't really know what I was getting into cause you know, I've ran, but I just didn't, um, respect the distance of, of, uh-huh. uh, 50 K and, um, so I, you know, came there with maybe like one gel and, um, you know, water bottle, which was happy. I at least brought a water bottle, uh-huh. but we, it's an out and back and you go 15 miles. And we did that at a pretty relatively, you know, pace. So it wasn't too, too uh-huh. fast. But then when they turned around, they started really going and I'm like, Oh, I better stay with them. So we're going, you know, about three quarters of the way there. I was just I couldn't see straight. Right. It was, I think the worst bonk of my life, which it was just, I was seeing like had this tunnel vision. I eventually just kind of crawled up next to a rock and just kind of laid mm-hmm. there for a while. And yeah, uh, no aid stations. No, either. no aid stations. Yeah. Uh, but you know, just, uh, the, again, the people of, of, um, community of runners as you know, I'm laying there next to a rock. I still don't even know to this day who gave me it because I couldn't really see straight, but mm-hmm. someone, I just remember, you know, like from God, the, like a cliff bar, you know, coming to, to my right. rescue. I'm like, okay, I will eat that. And just, you know, shoved it in. And a few minutes later I could, you know, started to move and I eventually got to, to the end there. And, and that's, that's one of those things where when you're done with it, you're either like, okay, I'm not, never doing that again. Or like, all right, like time to get rid of, like, yeah, I'm that in, cool. like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, which just explains yeah. how weird I am because, yeah. you know, I, uh, someone laying next to a rock ready to die. That's normally when you say, yeah, this isn't the sport for me. Yeah. <laughs> and I decided, oh, let's, you mm-hmm. know, let's try another one. And, yeah. So was it, do, do you think that that was a moment where you, you kind of made really like a, a formal decision? Like, I really want to pursue this. Like, I want to take this seriously and do it or just, you know, I want to do better next time. Like, yeah. was it still pretty casual? That was still pretty casual. I remember, um, doing that run, um, 
and runs prior to that, I brought a lot of like flashcards with me because I was trying to learn all the parts of the body. So really running was like this um, just kind of connection as I was going through massage school to kind of figure out what my muscles were doing and get into my body more. Um, it's kind of when I started, I was, you know, meditating, doing yoga more and just really um, figuring out myself. And through massage school, it's just like a lot of... Um, you know, still dealing with like pain from the past and, mm-hmm. um, not, you know, still working no matter, you know, how much I say, I forgive myself. I still have, you know, those days where mm-hmm. sure, you know, sure. things come up and, um, and that was just the, the school there was great. The people there were, um, and the friends that I made in massage school are still to this day, you know, some of my, don't talk to them all the time, but some of my closest friends and people have had really, you know, heart to heart conversations with me and have, you know, heard my, you know, my, my past and my stories before I, I shared it with other people. And, um, they, they played a big part of my life of just deciding what I wanted to do and, um, deciding to stay in Oregon and start a massage practice there. Mm-hmm. And, um, just so many, um, really amazing things happened in Ashland. And part of that was just, you know, um, meeting uh, a wonderful wife who, um, you know, had my back and let me, you know, really do what I wanted to do. And also just, um, you know, just kind of getting away from Wisconsin. Yeah, even though I love my family, it was really, I, I went to this new place um, with just our car packed full of stuff. We, we both of us didn't have jobs and like, we're going to, we're going to make it here. And we had no clue what we were going to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I found us a, a place to live and um, within like a week, week and a half there. And, and then that, the, the landlord's like, you have a job or anything? I'm like, no, I have a job. And he was like, working for construction and building a house. And, uh-huh. uh, like I said, I grew up working yeah, you, in a hardware store. Yeah, you learned how so to do that as a kid, Yeah, right? so I knew lots of like little things. I wasn't an expert, but he's like, you know, he, he was smart too. He's like, any money that this kid makes he's is going to go right to yeah. his pocket. So he's like, you want to come work for me? So, you know, the first couple weeks there, we had a house, I had a job, and like mm-hmm. things just kind of kept falling into place. And um, It was you, divinely guided, man. Yeah, it worked, it it worked out well. So when does the when does the running become real? Like what what's the moment where it clicks in and and you know it, things kind of change and and the running becomes a serious deal for you? I think there was like there was two points that I kind kind of remember. One of them was I paced uh, my friend Ian Torrance at a first hit a hundred mile. He was doing mm-hmm. some of his first time pacing and had no clue what I was doing, no clue what like you know all ultras are crazy and hard, but like the hundred mile distance is, you know, just epic. I mean, it's just, it's long. If you've never done that, you just can't even Mm -hmm. know what it feels like to run a hundred miles. It's just, you know, your body should stop way before that. And, um, it's just really cool to, you know, watch people go, you know, go through that and just, you know, you can watch through their bodies, watching them, the different emotions. And I watched Ian go through just, you know, so much suffering and stuff, but, um, he kept just working. was persistent through it. And I just learned a lot watching him. We didn't talk a lot through that. Um, it was trying to help him not to like throw up and mm-hmm. want to, you know, stop. And, um, and I just, you know, I grew really, we had a good friendship, I think through that, you know, going through something like that with someone is mm-hmm. really cool. And for me watching this all go on, watching him kind of, you know, fumble around on the ground and, um, that's kind of another moment where you should be like, oh, there's no way I would ever do that. That looks just awful. And for right. me, I was like, I think I can do this. And I'd, I'd love to right. give it a shot sometime just to, you know, kind of test what I could do. And 
so that was a moment where I'm like, I'm going to keep working to train for a hundred miles someday. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when I did uh, my first 50 K, um, SOB in, in Ashland, um, which I've actually helped uh, race direct uh, a couple mm -hmm. years ago, but, um, that was my first 50 K I ever did and did that. And I, I think I was like the third or fourth or something, but right. I had some, you know, some, um, friends actually, I think, uh, Hal's, Hal's wife was like talking to, um, uh, my wife, Krista, and they're like, you know, Tim's pretty good at this. He could maybe, you know, get a sponsor or something. And, right. and, and that kind of so relates third to or four, you were, you don't, first of all, you don't remember, right? You yeah. don't remember whether you were third or fourth in your first hundred. No, no. I, <laughs> Most people would be bragging. You know? I never have no, like I've had really good races, good times, but yeah. I've never really focused too much on the time or, um, you know, I'm just going out there to work as hard as I can. I like pushing uh -huh. myself, but it's kind of funny even back to like, um, getting the, the Western States record. I really didn't know I was even close to the time until, you know, just like six miles before the finish that I could even come close to that. So I just, I really don't focus a lot on times. I still don't mm -hmm. look at like, look at a watch too much when I run and I just go by feel and I just push it till I, you know, as, as hard as I can. And it, well, I think ultra it. running in particular doesn't lend itself well to being too tied to the watch. I mean, there's so many variables at play. And if you start, if you start thinking about that, like it's too long, you know, yeah. you got to run where you're at or, yeah. you know, you're going to bury yourself. Right. I think and, that's worked well with me because I'm just, I'm just focused on myself as I'm mm -hmm. going. I'm like, you know, what do I need right now? Let's breathe. Let's remember to enjoy this, you know, while you're, you're working hard and, um, you know, you're just constantly taking care of yourself and figuring out, um, you know, what, what you need. And I think that for me, they're just, um, I don't need to concentrate on time. I don't need another thing bothering me what mile I'm at. I just need to keep moving forward and mm -hmm. focusing on how I can do that as efficient as possible. Right. So, so how do you, you know, what are your strategies for navigating the pain or sort of breaking through those limiters or barriers, you know, in the middle of the night when, you know, everything's telling you to stop. Yeah. I really like those points for some reason. Um, I, th I think I like being challenged, uh, mentally, physically, and just like emotionally, um, maybe through different things in my, in my past of like, um, I think, I mean, why I made it cause there was moments where I, you know, was close to overdosing and, um, one felt like you know wanting had those uh, feelings of wanting to commit suicide and um watching other friends um you know get so low and i i think just having all those different things in my background like i'll get to a low point in a race and be like you know i'm i'm stronger than this and i i think why i i made it because i've watched also other people you know take drugs and their just brains are just fried and mm -hmm. just really De deteriorated themselves and um i should be right where they are i should you know um, i i should be dead right now and i i think i just go to that um just that really gratefulness of you know how i survived through those different things and i think about that in a race and i think of people that love me and you know are are thinking of me praying for me and i i just really take a lot from that and mm -hmm. um i I find in races, I really get to this, this sense of when, you know, a lot of times when I'm getting low, I think of, um, things that are like love and I think of my family and, and things and it just, it cheers me up and it gets me through those lows. And I think in, in any, you know, problems and life struggles, like, 
you know, you can either keep going down into that spiral of just darkness, or you can think of the things that, you know, you're grateful for. And um, in races, that's what I do to kind of get through. I, I just ran a race a few weeks ago and had some pr- really low patches. Um, it was just a hard race. It was early in the season, so I wasn't mm-hmm. completely prepared for it. But, like, all I could think about towards the end when I was really suffering and wanted to walk was um, my little uh, boy Tristan is dancing all the time now. Uh. And he, w- me and uh, his mother are not the best dancers. We shake our, our arms around a little bit, and it's it's not impressive whatsoever. You're but, a Midwestern uh, white boy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm very white. Um, and he, he drops it like it's hot, like, you know, <laughs> butt down. Like, he's got these moves, and we do not have moves. So we're not doing, uh-huh. you know, I don't know where he picked this up. He's just, you know, doing his own thing. But um, it just makes me laugh just so much inside of just thinking the different moves that he does. So... Those are the things I think about that kind of, you know, motivate me as I run. And and then when I think of those, I get, like, so happy that that's what I think about. I don't think about, like, how can I catch the next person? How am I going right. to win this race? And which could come up in the mind and the ego always, you know, can play a factor in that. But I love that, you know, tor- normally towards the end and the hard parts of races, I, you know, I think of family and friends and just things that bring out love and happiness to me. And I think that's what... Um, motivates me to push through some of those hard times. That's beautiful. Uh, so basically what you're saying is you tap into gratitude, feelings yeah. of love. Yeah. And do you think that the kind of day in, day out, consistent active meditation aspects of, of running allow you to access that more easily? You know, it's sort of like when you're meditating a lot, you're able to kind of get into a certain state of consciousness with more facility, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's hard for most people to, you, you, people, you should be grateful. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, I, people don't have any idea how to do that. Like they realize they have things in their life that are good, but, but how do you, you know, how do you tap into that? Yeah. I, it's a, it's a great question. I don't know how I do mm-hmm. it. Sometimes I've just been doing it for so long. I think now that it's right. just like, um, you know, something I had, I definitely practiced that. It's just like meditation. It's not something like you just do it and it's going to happen. Like you're Mm going to have frustration. You're going to, you know, people that meditate, you sit there for a minute and all you keep thinking about is, you know, the bills you have to pay or this or that. And you get so frustrated with it. And, you know, maybe the first 20 times it's terribly frustrating, but then all of a sudden that, you know, 21st time or something like that, there's that, that aha moment where it's just like all of a sudden you have this, you know, rush of feeling through your body where you can all of a sudden you're feeling all your senses, you're, you're really in tune with yourself and all of a sudden you're not even thinking about, but you had no thought for like a Mm -hmm. minute. And, um, and I think that's kind of with the gratefulness thing. It's just like, I, um, you know, at at first I would, you know, think of things I was grateful for and like, ah, you know, everyone's got family or someone that loves them or a house. And then you think that like a lot of people don't have these things. And, um, you know, are really searching for things to be grateful for. And I'm, I've been so blessed my whole life to have so many things around me that I'm grateful for. And, um, sometimes I forget those and, um, you know, sometimes you're just supposed to remember them on like Thanksgiving or, you know, day, but I, Mm -hmm. you know, every day should be gratitude day. And the more you can kind of tune into that, I think you can bring that out in the hard times and just like, you know, meditation. And Mm so when you're in a traffic jam and you're, you know, you're pissed that this car pulled in front of you or whatever, you're going to be late for this. If you can like take a moment back and take a, you know, a breath and think of gratitude or, or, 
you know, have, have different little triggers like that, you can really change your whole life. And, um, it's something I still struggle with. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, it's like, it's, it's true and it's so easy. It, I yeah. mean, it's so hard to do. Yeah. Right. But it's easy too. If you but it, and just, it's a practice, yeah. you know, it's something you have to always be aware of and working on. Yeah. But I think that's, you know, back to the, just forgiving yourself and just not judging yourself. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, when, when you're trying to meditate and you keep thinking about something, it's okay. Just be okay with that. Like, that's just how it is right now and, and move on. And, um, and you know, or, or during a run, some runs are great and some runs are, are really hard to get through and, you know, just be grateful that you got out there and got to go for a run. And, and then, then those runs that are just epic and, you know, this, you're watching a sunrise or sunset or, you know, you see an elk, you know, out mm-hmm. there, something like that just, you know, just blows you away. And, um, yeah, enjoy those moments just as much as the, the hard ones it. I was running on, you know, on the, on the one today and, you know, trying like so frustrated as cars are zooming past me. I'm like, you know, that's okay. I was like yesterday I was running in huge mountains and like, it's all good. It's all it's a you know, different experience. Yeah. What do you think is driving all this? Like, what is, what is it that's motivating you to continue to push yourself to greater heights with all of this? Hmm. Now, you know, now that I, I've been doing it for a little bit longer, it's just kind of seen where this takes me and, um, I'm really just enjoying the journey and, um, you know, just trying to be kind of real through it. Um, you know, lately we've been, um, traveling a lot and I have my, my family and, um, it adds a whole different, uh, different thing before when I just, you know, I'd go to work and then I'd go for a run and, you know, just kind of balance that. And now I'm balancing more and, um, I'm just, I'm really grateful that I, I get to do this. And, and then now that, um, I, I have more people that are like following my running and getting inspired by that, that really inspires me because I get so many cool mm-hmm. comments that, um, you know, I saw your picture from on Instagram the other day and it inspired me to go for a run. And, um, I just signed up for my first 5k because mm-hmm. I saw you're doing this. And, um, I think that's really motivating me right now because I really want to see, you know, people get psyched about something, be passionate about something, whatever it is. And it doesn't have to be running, but I, I, I love seeing that fire in people's eyes that they're really, you know, into something. And, um, for me, it's running, but it's also, I think it's through my running, it's inspiring other people to, to do things and find things that they, they love to do. And, mm-hmm. um, I hope I can, you know, uh, keep kind of being a voice for, for that and for, um, people, um, getting their, you know, doesn't, you don't have to be a kid to get outside of nature. Kids do it really well and very easily, but I, you know, hope to encourage people to get their kids out, but also just, you know, to get mm-hmm. out themselves and, to remind nature. us that it doesn't, you don't have to be a kid. Like yeah. this idea that you're, you're grown up now and that's kids business and that's what kids do. And that's not what grown ups do is, you know, I say kids of all ages because it's, uh-huh. you know, no matter what age you are, you should be a kid at heart. And, um, it's nice to have a kid because it kind of shows you how to do that again and be a little bit more free. Well, and so much of it, so much of your story is really kind of tapping into that childlike person, you know, sort, sort of trying to access that, which, you know, you intuitively were, you, that you gravitated towards as a kid. You just loved running, you loved being outside, you loved sports. And then, you know, you took a different path for a while. And this is about kind of recapturing that and embodying that in a new way. Yeah. So I hope I can keep mm-hmm. encouraging people to do that and, 
and then as I keep moving forward, just kind of seeing where it, where it goes, and um, hopefully um, I'm still kind of like searching for the right thing, but have a um, um, you know a foundation or for for something that um, I can do with my running to um, um, like this. Um, is it in two weeks? I'm I'm doing a run for my friend who uh, lives in in Hidden Hills for a mm-hmm. MS uh, run and multiple sclerosis and just kind of awareness oh, for that. Cool. And they're going to run across the country um, as a relay. Oh and wow! I'm just going to start. Um, Who's your friend in uh, Hidden Shannon Hills? Fair-Gree- oh yeah, I know Shannon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. great lady. Uh-huh. I think we're That's right. Gonna... She was recently diagnosed. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. no, she's had it for for years, but then um, I didn't she know had that. She, she had Jet, um, her her younger son. And that put it in remission. Oh, okay. And now it's kind of come back full on. And it's right. Just, you know, she had a really hard time at Badwater this year. Yeah. So she's working through that and wanting to, you know, and um, bring more light to, to that subject and um, trying to find a cure for it. And um, it's something I have an aunt who has MS. Mm. And it's something that, you know, just, um, uh, you know, it, it hits me. It hits home. And um, so I'm going to be a part of that and just kind of start that off, but I'm kind of seeing what else I can, um, continue to do with that. And right. Well, the service part of it is huge. Yeah. You know, I think well, it has to be kind of connected to that in some way. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of just seeing where that goes and, um, you know, want to uh, find something that really, you know, pulls on my heart. So going back to the the career and the races, <laughs> going into into Western States in 2012. I mean, you know, where was your head at? I mean, certainly you weren't anticipated to be the victor, let alone set the course record by like what 20 minutes or whatever it was. I mean, yeah. <laughs> what you know, where were you? Where were you thinking you were going to end up in that race? Um, I had a, I had confidence going in there. I was just running really strong. It was a lot. I was gonna have a I was gonna have a son like two months later, and for, mm-hmm. for whatever reason that just inspired me so much. I was just um, me and my wife were just getting you know the house ready and doing all those things, and I was working really hard because um, she was going to school at, at that time. So I was working uh, like at three jobs at one point, just trying to get you know pay the bills, and so I was mm-hmm. just really I was just really hungry. I was just you know really working hard and running, working hard in life, really stoked to have a wife who was you know sacrificing her body to have a kid and and um things were going well and they were both healthy and so I was just really amped about that and my training was um going really well I had some good runs before that and I was running with like with Hal some and Mm -hmm. Hal was just like he could just sense something about me at the time just like um I was just really in tune with everything. And I remember going out, we went out with some friends um, for some birthday or something. And there were some people visiting a friend of mine from, from France. And uh, that person was asking Hal, you know, who's going to win it and stuff. And I was just overhearing this. I was having another conversation, but Hal was like, I think Tim's going to win it. He's just (laughs) on. And like, I think just having, all my friends, all these people have my back and like having Hal, who's just such an amazing runner, mm-hmm. a legend in the sport, like, you know, telling other people that I think Tim's going to win it, like just gave me this really big confidence. And, um, whenever I go into race, I'm very confident in like, 
you know, I know I can work really hard and, and do that, but I always feel kind of like an underdog feel like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, even if I'm picked to win or something, I don't, I don't see that at all because there's just so many talented runners out there. And, um, I'm a, I'm an okay runner, but like, I don't have the talent that, that some of these really amazing athletes mm-hmm. have and that, that they've shown in like college and high school. I just, you know, I'm just really passionate about it. love it. And I think in a hundred miles, that's kind of what, why I've done well with that is because that's what comes out. It's this, you know, this passion, this, mm-hmm. you know, your, your heart just kind of being laid, laid out there. And I feel that's what has really come out in a few of my races and why like this year, I'm just kind of focusing on, you know, one or two of them. And like right now, hard rock is kind of this main one because you can put all this training and, you know, you can do all these things to be prepared, but like, you just need to be mentally and, and just, you know, just ready to put it all out on the line. And, um, in that race in 2012, I was just, you know, I was just ready for anything. Just, um, really, really present, really focused, really, mm-hmm. um, ready for whatever the day brought to me. And it was a crazy year because it was like sleeting and raining on us. And, um, you know, no one ever thinks it's going to be cold at Western States. Right. It should be, you know, a hundred degrees. So I wasn't prepared to that, but like, you know, people are getting hypothermic. People are like, uh-huh. you know, I couldn't feel my hands for, you know, the first uh-huh. 15 miles of the race. And You're like, I'm from Wisconsin. Though. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I've got Wisconsin blood rushing yeah, through me. Yeah, like, this is going to work to my no, advantage. No problem. So, um, you know, I, I think that's one of the, the best things you can do for ultras and, and life in general is just be adaptable and, mm-hmm. you know, roll with whatever you're, you're given. And well, I think that, that you, I mean, one thing about your running is that you seem to be, you seem to understand the importance of patience. I try to do that in, in every race that I tell myself that, you know, it's like, you know, the mantra going through my head as I'm feeling good and wanting to go harder. I'm like, you know, there's still 80 miles left patience, mm-hmm. just, you know, relax, um, get into your body, feel what's going on. You know, uh, you don't need to push it right now. So I, I patience is a huge thing and something I've had to learn time and time again. And, right. and a kid has made it even better because he really brings that to light. And right. Yeah. I want to get into that in a minute, but, <laughs> but I think the other thing too is, is you really have a, a very real appreciation for, the emotional, mental, and spiritual aspects of not just running, but life and like how important having all of those things dialed in is in terms of performance in your training and your racing, but also, you know, contentment and satisfaction in the other areas of your life. I mean, if you're, you know, your, if your marriage is off the rails because you're training all the time, then you're probably not going to be in a good mental state yeah. to perform in a big race, right? Like, Most definitely. So with all the extreme training, you still have to, everything has to be working in balance, right? That's, you know, life in general. But I, of course. the goal is trying to keep that balance. So, you know, it's why right now in our lives, and it changes, people ask me, my, like, my training, what I do, and I've had so many different realms of training. Right now, it's, it's really got into a nice flow of, you know, we get up and play with, with Tristan in the morning, spend some time with him, go to farmer's market, go to mm-hmm. the park, and then he's going to take a nap 12 or 1 or something like that, and that's when I go out for a run. And, um, and then I'm back by the time he's waking up. And um, and then we you know we flip that around a little bit because uh, Krista loves running too. So she's been really cool lately in letting me kind of um, – you know, um, being very selfless, letting me do more of the running, but try to get her some runs through the week too. And, right. uh, 
we did she has a, a you know a date with a girlfriend in the morning so she, they take off early and i watch tristan for the morning and then she mm-hmm. comes back and i go for a run so we just learn how to balance yeah it yeah, and, yeah um it's good and you just i mean that's a relationship is having that balance that communication um and just you know just being selfless for each other how how else has tristan changed your perspective on your racing your running <laughs> well it's th- like it's harder now to well sometimes to be competitive i guess like um to have that fire because i get so you know, i just want to go hang with tristan <laughs> you know it's uh uh, he's, you know, just such a huge part of my life. And I just, I think about him a lot that, um, um, I think it, it hinders me a little bit cause I'm some runs I go and I'm just kind of thinking, Oh, I just want to get back and go with him. But mm-hmm. and then also on the flip side of that, like I'll be doing some really hard workouts and, um, you know, it's a, it's funny, but like, I'll be, you know, charging up a hill and, you know, just going to like where I'm, you know, can't even really see straight and, I kind of I'll be thinking about him then, and so he me inspires me to mm-hmm. to push it, and um, and then even before you know he's born and stuff, it's just been this thing like I'm gonna be a father, which is a, a crazy thing to to go through and to actually when you actually think about mm-hmm. it, like that you brought a kid into the world and you're you know you're you know hopefully trying to <laughs> you know have him have a good life and you know basically it's you know just trying not to to hurt him you know through the process not to well also i would think when you're out running too i mean this is your career this is your prof- you're a professional yeah. you know and if you're going to be out there spending that many hours instead of home with him like you better make it count because this yeah. is how you're you're going to be providing for him totally. right when, so, when i'm slowing down and yeah. like I'm out here for a workout today. Like, you know, you got to take some days a little bit more relaxed, let the body recover. But some days, you know, you need to be going, you need to be training hard. And, um, cause it's my profession now. And mm-hmm. I think about them, like I'm, you know, I could be home now playing with him mm-hmm. or I could just, you know, work my butt off here so we can continue to live how we're, we're living right now. Right. And, uh, you know, that brings up another interesting thing with this, this idea of rest and recovery and, and when to kind of put the brakes on a little bit. Um, and you're a guy who I understand you don't like work with a coach. You don't have like some hardcore plan. You, you don't wear the Garmin. So you're not on training peaks obsessively staring yeah. at graphs. Right. So how do you gauge, you know, where you are? Like, how do you, you know, navigate how you're feeling and adjust your program and know when you need to back off a little bit and have the confidence to rest? Cause I think, you know, rest is a discipline, especially when you're, you're running this much and, and the, the races and the distances are so long, you feel like you need to be like always going, right? Yeah, it's um, it's a really hard balance. And I think um, a coach would probably be good at some point. <laughs> but um, I, I really like doing it my own way. Uh-huh. And um, I think it's working out all right. Yeah, though. I like it. I You know, I'm just, for me, I really like just running up and down a mountain every day. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been blessed to live in cool places. And right now living in SoCal and, um, just love, loving it. I'm running up, um, Wilson or Baldy pretty much every day. And that's giving me, you know, 5,000 feet of gain in like seven miles, which is pretty epic for training. Like mm-hmm. you can't really, um, not a lot of people, I don't think do that regularly. And, um, uh, and I don't so think I, so. so. <laughs> you're probably, you're probably the only guy. <laughs> so, but I'm just, I just love it. I just love getting to the top there. And it's, how, how many miles is it up and how, and what's the gain? It's about about seven seven miles or six and a half or so with about five thousand gain to uh-huh. to Mount Wilson and then Mount Baldy's like fifty seven hundred yeah. and about the same thing um, and then you higher elevation so which is great for some of the races that I'm going to be doing that I need to be able to run at a higher mm-hmm. elevation so 
just living in a great place to train right now. And, um, you know, it's sunny all the time. I mean, my whole life I've always been running in snow through the winter. This is the first time I've, you know, I'm getting, yeah, way too tan for like this time of year. I'm normally like, you know, super white. Uh So it's, it's been really fun to kind of, um, you know, be running in the sun, um, but in terms, so in terms of rest and recovery, though, like how do you how do you gauge that? So I mean, that's something I really get into my body and like, for the most part, try to know when to shut it down. My wife will yell at me too, which helps a uh-huh. lot. But um, you know, just the other day, I was I ran up um, Mount Wilson like every day of the week, and then the day that I didn't run up it, I ended up doing thirty miles with a good training buddy, um, Dominic Grossman, mm-hmm. who lives in SoCal mm-hmm. here. And, um, and he wanted to go run the next day, the Sunday. And it was kind of, I went for a long run the day before, um, and just wanted to spend some time with family and, you know, things were sore. I've been running, running a lot. And I think a lot of times people push through that and like, you know, I'm only gonna, you know, I'm only gonna win this race or I'm only gonna PR if I, you know, push through this and, and some point, you know, sometimes in training, you need to push through barriers, but sometimes you need to like be, you know, self-aware to like take it, you know, rest, let the mm-hmm. body recover. And, um, I don't do it all the time, but I'm trying to get smarter at that. But, you know, I just took a day off running and I normally not one of those people that likes to take a day off. I know take a day off, but, but like, it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like just take a day off and hang with the family, read a book. It's, it's great. And so I'm, I'm trying to just, you know, listen to my body. Um, mm-hmm. and I think I've done that since I started running. Um, and I've had like little injuries, but I've been able to really take care of those. And even some days if I, I shorten or run up a little bit, if I'm not completely feeling it or, um, or shorten it up and just get back and start, you know, um, doing some self care through like some stretching mm-hmm. or yoga or, you know, self massage. I, I try to incorporate all that and, and more so now you like, you learn little off balances or, or different weaknesses in your body. So, um, and trying to figure those out, like you're having a knee problem and, you know, a lot of people will just go right to the knee and try to, you know, figure that. And mm-hmm. maybe if I just, you know, fry the heck out of my quads, I'll loosen it up and my knee will feel better. And, you know, it's good to loosen up everything around it, but there's so many other factors that could play. And right. you I, don't, you have to understand what's, what's causing that to begin with. Yeah. So I, I try to get regular body work. I haven't as much lately because we've been traveling so much, but I, really try to get good body work so it's not just me mm-hmm. doing it i have other people like helping me out and and just um and then finding those things like i noticed that like i have weaker glutes on the left side and it's probably causing some things to happen with my you know with my leg and with my right. knee so i'm trying to do more um strengthening things for for the glutes and and then you know also as you start doing that don't forget the other side because you know you just like you're just if you concentrate just on one thing Oh, that's great. Maybe you you kind of resolve that issue, but then something pops up yeah, on the of other course. side. So. You're always trying to realign some lack of symmetry. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I think it's just, you know, the more you can get into your body, be self-aware of that. And um, if you can afford it, some body work is great. Do you, go, do you go to the gym? Do you do like core work and all that? I mean, what are, what are the other kind of cross-training things? That- I'll go to the gym. I, I mean, more of my core work is all at home. So, um, you know, again, uh-huh. Tristan is a great weight for like yeah. some, some crunches or sit on, put uh-huh. on my back and do some, some pushups and stuff. Um, so a lot of those things, I'll do some band exercises and just, um, 
you know, some little things like that. Normally during the off season, I'll try to do a little bit more um, gym stuff where I normally take a month or longer off of running and then I'll just do like some cycling and some, some weights and um, yeah. And just, I mean, even um, there's different things. Uh, the North Face has been doing this thing called mountain athletics, which is kind of like a, you know, a CrossFit or just kind of a way right. to, to get you um, to strengthen all those little intrinsic muscles and your, your joints and with pounding nonstop on your joints, running up and down mounds all the time, you need to really strengthen all those and, um, and so, you know, doing different things of, of squats and, um, and burpees and stuff like in the gym mm-hmm. is great to strengthen things. And, um, and if I, you know, I didn't do it this year, but like skiing, you find, you know, if you find other things that you really enjoy to, to get outside, but strengthen, strengthen. Things. Right, right, right. And how has becoming a, a North Face athlete sort of changed how you're able to do what you do? Well, it, they're huge because, yeah. like, I you know couldn't do it without them. Uh, they're um, they're the paycheck. So yeah, it's, um, it's amazing. You and they just... got my back. I mean, it's just like you know, they're different races I get to go to. The traveling, mm-hmm. um, it's been it's been huge, and it's a good you know good people to work with. And a lot of my teammates are like friends that I've had for right. years. They so. really support their athletes really well. They've been they've like. been really good. And like um, the person who manages me, uh, Lisa is just great. You know, super friendly and uh, really cares about us. That's the other thing I think, uh-huh. which sometimes can happen with other companies is like you know they just want to see results. They just want you to you know, have 20 races a year and win, you know, win them all. And they don't care about your body. They just want you to win for that year so they can, you know, put you, you know, use your image and your, mm-hmm. your victories. But, um, I've noticed through, um, these couple of years working with them that, you know, they're more concerned about, about me and they, you know, they want me to be healthy. They want me to take care of myself. They, they understand when I say no to, to going to this trip because, you know, I've been traveling here and there and I want to spend time with my family or I, yeah, I mean, I think it doesn't seem to them like it's about podiums. It's really, they're in it for the long haul. They're, yeah. they, they seem to pick people that they can work with over, you know, many, many, many years. And, and, and it's about kind of creating a lifestyle ideal out of that person. You know, and it, I mean, you look at the client, you know, like Conrad Anchor and like yeah. these climbers, you know, or Dean Carnazes or whatever. It's not about like them being, you know, the best in the world. It's about them kind of spreading this healthy message of adventure in different and interesting ways. Yeah. And they're, and they're truly just passionate about the mountains Mm -hmm. and exploring them and, you know, and trying new things, being, you know, innovative, um, with their products and, you know, with their team. And it's, it's a really fun group to be a part of. And I'm going to like the athlete summit here in a few weeks where I get to meet, um, you know, a lot of the team and Uh a lot of, um, people that are in, you know, and running just kind of have like, they go to their, their team kind of summit and it's just a few runners and stuff, but I go to a summit and like, I'll be you know, sitting next to Alex Honnold, yeah. who, you know, like uh-huh. just soloing, just crazy stuff. And uh, that guy's ridiculous. He is, yeah. Just amazing. Um, there's just so many, like, you know, you sit down at the table and you're looking at these athletes and you're just in awe of like, you know, mm-hmm. what they do. And, um, being a runner, I always kind of like, well, I don't even belong with some of these amazing athletes like Conrad Anchor. Just a bit like, I just you know, met him a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, great guy. And, uh, yeah, he was really, really cool. He, I, I got to hear his story and yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. Very touching. He's story. a savant in what he does, you know, yeah. it's interesting. Um, I mean, speaking of, you know, but they're looking at you in the same way. I mean, no, that's the funny part that, is that they, you know, that's when I like the first time I met some of them, like, 
yeah, but you run a hundred miles. Like, <laughs> yeah. No one can do that. Like uh, that, you're crazy. And like, it's funny that they think of me like, mm-hmm. you know, I, they look at me like how I look at them where I'm just like, there's no way I could solo that. Like I, I get up on a ledge and I'm like, you know, I'm only 10 feet from the ground oh, and I'm scared and terrifying. Yeah. Alex is like, you know, 2000 feet from the ground, like, you know, holding a piece of grass on a cliff and like, that's, his, yeah. yeah, that's his hold. It's, it's wild. I mean, speaking of like the highest, performing athletes in particular in ultra running. I mean, Killian Jornet is like setting the bar, right. Or, or blowing the glass ceiling yeah. on whatever yeah, bar there is. There is no bar. Yeah. I mean, when you look at a guy like that, I mean, what's the difference? Like what is going on with that guy that makes him so good? Well, I think, uh, you know, it's just been his whole, his whole life. He was born in the mountains. He's just been, you know, just raised in them. He's super passionate about it. And it was never, he works really hard and like you, you, you read his book and stuff. He mm-hmm. wants to win, win things, but it's just like a deeper thing than that. It's like, you know, like me, he just wants to push his limits and explore it, but he's just on this other level that it's just, um, you know, just getting in the mountains. He just wants to do things as fast and as efficient and as light as possible. And mm-hmm. he just doesn't have, there's no bar. There's nothing that's, you know, impossible for him. And, um, but he's just the most humblest guy in the world. I've got to spend mm. lots of time with him and just the most chill, you know, dude, just kind of hanging out. And, um, you know, you look at him, you talk to him and you have, you know, a cup of coffee with him hanging. You wouldn't think like this guy could, you know, go up the Matterhorn in in two hours. It's just, it's just sick what he can do. And, um, I, I think he's just, um, he really is passionate about what he does. He loves it. And he's been doing it from an early mm-hmm. age where he was, you know, when he was like, I think there's stories of him when he was like 18 months, like going on five hour hikes with like a pack on and stuff. And that's just ridiculous to think about. Cause he's just right. been training his lungs to just be, you know, his lungs like take up his entire, you know, they go from his throat <laughs> his all whole, the way down his to his beat. groin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's just, yeah, he's just done that. And then the skiing I think is just huge mm. for trail running. It's something I wish like I, uh, I grew up skiing too, but I grew up doing it in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you go down this like hundred foot drop that's Wisconsin skiing and he's going down like these, you know, just narrow, right. Like just insane, insane things and learning how to kind of free fall through the mountains, but in, be in control of your body is such, um, such a talent. Like he's just, even when he like to some people might look out of control, he is so in control of his, his body when and, he's descending. Yeah. When he's descending trying, yeah. and, and that's just huge. Cause it, you know, people can, you can work really hard to like go up a mountain like you just keep practicing that just keep charging up and you'll keep building that you know that capacity but being able to to float down a mountain so effortlessly and um just you know like like an animal that just you know just moves so right. effortlessly doesn't have to question where it moves and where it it um you know makes the, that imprint it's just so solid and whichever way that ankle is going to turn you just roll with it and He's just been doing that for a really long time and is just, he's just dialed it in and it's, it's really um, inspiring to watch. I, I love getting to, to watch him do his thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it is, it's like watching a gazelle or, yeah. you know, it's just, he's just born to do that. Yeah. You know? And I, I'm yeah. sure there's some level of fearlessness too with mm-hmm. being able to do that. It's like a 
Tour de France cyclist, you know, barreling down the Alps in the pouring rain or something, yeah, you know, yeah. like, I mean, you have to be fearless in to, those moments yeah. and, um, you know, just really go for it. And he's good at that. And yeah. And such a good ambassador for the sport. He just, you know, what did he just win? Like a, a national geographic, like adventurer of the mm-hmm. year, which is just yeah. incredible that, um, that he got that honor and, you know, just, there shouldn't be, you know, there isn't a better person that could have got that. He's a right, really right, down to right. dude. So. And in describing him, you're talking about him just going off and, and running without bringing anything with him and all that kind of stuff. But I, I mean, I really see you in, in the same way. I mean, back to the Instagrams, it's like you're going out on these really long runs. You don't really seem to be bringing anything with you. Um, and it's emblematic of, I think, a, a greater sort of lifestyle ethos, which is this pretty minimal way that you live, right? It's very, you know, it has its sort of Thoreau-esque, you know, light, you know, road less traveled aspects to it where, you know, you, it's not about possessions or any of that. It's about being with your family and having this adventure and living in all these different amazing places and being able to experience that and being able to be fluid with it and not like locked down. Yeah. I think, um, you know, life can be pretty simple if you let it go that way. And if you don't get too overwhelmed with, with, how it goes and um trying to simplify things down to you know just the essentials mm-hmm. i think is a really uh, great way to experience life and to experience the mountains as well because you just uh you know for me i go out there and maybe i only bring you know a little bit with me but it's it's just all i all i need for that by that the way time. people are going to kill me if i don't ask you what you eat <laughs> <laughs> i yeah i <coughs> I just like killing. I, At I, least on the run when you're <laughs> when you're training and when you're running. On the training, I you know I, I do it different all the time. But a lot of times um, when I go for a run, I'll just bring like one gel or mm. um, like a nut butter packet. And um, you know I've I've tried other other things, especially for training, because I I I tried to be more like you know I like to eat really whole foods and eat really mm. good healthy things and as best I can. And so when I got into to running more, I was like, I don't want to put this, you know, maltodextrin gel in my system. Yeah. And, um, and so I practiced with a lot of like, and still I use like nut butters and stuff, but like I use dried fruit and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And, and that works. And I'll do that for, um, more mellow runs and, or like, um, when I ran around, um, Mont Blanc, uh, with my wife, we kind of went from hut to hut and that, that instance, I didn't use gel much just because I was, um, I wasn't going at a huge effort that mm-hmm. I just, you know, have some nut butters. I brought like some beef jerky with me and, and that worked well enough. But when I'm training hard, I, I definitely will use gels, but you know, I'll go for a six hour run and use one or two of them. So like mm-hmm. 200 calories, um, and I think calories for a six hour run. <laughs> just kind of silly, but like I start off my How day. How are you not like transparent? <laughs> I eat a, I eat a lot when I get home. Maybe that, that's, well, it, I think but, that uh, that's a thing though, that, that people think like, Oh my God, you must waste away into nothing. But you've, you didn't, you didn't just wake up and have the capacity to run six hours yeah, no. on a daily. This is something that you've built up to for many, many years and you adapt it. You know, the, the amount of, to- the amount of the, the tax that, that you have to pay for doing that is so much less than for somebody else on their journey towards yeah. working. Like when I first that. started that, I, yeah. you know, would eat a lot more and it's just kind of, I kind of kept just seeing what I needed and then that's what I'd bring. And, and it's also just, I keep teaching my body. I, I've experimented with, with food for many years because um, mm-hmm. I think after, um, you know, the 
those years of destroying my body, just having, you know, alcohol and drugs and eating crappy food, I really wanted to, you know, turn my body around and exercise is a great way to do that. And mentally, you know, meditation and stuff is good, but you really need to, um, you know, your food's your medicine. So you really need to, to put good stuff in there. And, um, going through massage school again is where I got to talk to like a naturopath for the first time. And, um, he was just giving me lots of advice and I, um, really pr- like, tried a lot of different things I, mm. you know i know it's pretty cliche and outdone now but like one of the first things i took out was gluten it's like you know right. pretty much yeah uh, you're gluten you've been gluten free yeah, for a long for, time for right? years yeah. now um yeah like four four or five years and um just something that worked for me and why i did that at first was my my wife has uh, rheumatoid arthritis mm. so and she was on a pretty nasty medication and um, and we knew it, it wasn't at that moment, but we knew we wanted to have a kid at some day and the medication shoes on, we couldn't, you know, that wasn't, wouldn't be a possibility. So I was really trying to help her and we actually got blood work done with her and found out things that she was allergic to. And, uh, and for her it was like dairy and gluten and eggs and, and a weird one, but almonds. And so mm-hmm. we were like, uh, um, so we s- took those out of the, out of the household basically. And, um, and at first, I was I was a hard one with the the like uh, gluten because I I really enjoyed like an IPA at the end of the day or yeah. something. So like <laughs> you know I battled my my demons through you know being an alcoholic and stuff like that. But I feel like if you can you know have a glass of wine or something and and not overindulge, I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. And so I eventually got to the point where I could. Um, you know, have a beer or something in the evening and that would be, I wouldn't keep going until mm-hmm. my old, old God bless self. you. Yeah. Which is a, hard, a very hard <laughs> thing to do. And, um, and I definitely, you know, have my moments where it's, you know, like step back and like, yeah, you've been having a you know beer too much, but I, I've stopped beer a long time ago just cause I didn't like, uh, I didn't like what it did to my stomach. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'll like, I'll have a glass of, of wine occasionally, but, um, I, uh, yeah, the like that was just a really hard one to give up for me because I really liked it. I'm from Wisconsin. It's like you know, cheese and pizza and beer. It's yeah. like that's your diet. So, um, pulling back from that, um, you know, I once I started taking those things out of my system, I just realized how well my my stomach felt, and um, and then just over the years, I've been kind of just playing with it a little bit more, um, mm-hmm. and I've just um, I've been kind of more grain free the last mm-hmm. few years and. Um, you know, it wasn't like this conscious effort to like go paleo or, you know, go low carb is just what works best for my system. And I, I try to preach that to, you know, more and more people that ask me about my diets because I found out things mm-hmm. that work for me, but I think, um, I think you really need to experiment for yourself and find yeah, out what's, what's the best for you. And, um, and so, yeah, so like during, during running racing, I eat pretty minimal, but, um, also cooking is very something we love to do so like you know yesterday got home from a run and um we're hanging out we have some um some family here in town my uh, brother and sister-in-law are in Uh in town and so we made like some tacos and um um and so like i've been working on this thing i think i put an instagram up the other day or something but making some some cauliflower (laughs) tortillas and uh you know i I love them they've been i've been really i've been trying to dial that in for a few months now and finally i kind of got uh, it's tough to I get like, cauliflower to do what you want it to do. Yeah, it totally <laughs> is. But uh, I've been having success like the last uh, couple of weeks. So I've been just eating, you know, cauliflower like crazy. Um, 
and it you know it, it works well and it's fun to experiment i mean that's what i like doing with cooking i, I love you know spending time cooking with uh with my wife and we both have different things like she can't eat those because there's eggs in it and she's uh, allergic to that mm -hmm. so um try different things that uh that might work and and then some you should just use like a regular corn tortilla and right and i'll use my my thing but uh yeah it's been it's been fun and uh it's you know fun to keep learning how to fuel your body and, and trying to get the best foods for them. right that's good i mean what so when you have like in your water bottle though when mm -hmm. you're is it just water just water just yeah. water yeah uh -huh. I, um a lot of people use different you know their electrolyte drinks and stuff yeah. like that and um you know I'll, I'll put salt on some food so i'm getting some some sodium and uh you know i'll have a green smoothie so i'm getting you know just lots of different um you know, yeah, all the things that yeah. you, you need. So I, I really feel like my body's getting all those things. I normally after like a run, I'll, I'll make up a green smoothie or we, maybe in the morning too, we'll make one up. It's one of us will, um, you know, make it. And then that, uh, Tristan just loves it. So like that he pretty much, that's how mm -hmm. he gets his every morning. And we like to do probiotics. So like mm -hmm. I'll, um, he loves his little pill open and, and put it on his green <laughs> nice. smoothie and he, he just <laughs> loves it. He thinks it's like the most amazing thing ever. So that's amazing. Um, yeah. It's, it's good. Um, good way to start him early, getting some good, yeah. good stuff in his body and, and he loves it. So I we make our own like little food pouches and, right. um, again, we'll use some green smoothies, put them in the freezer and then we go like to the beach today and he's got like a little green smoothie pouch that like unthaws on the way here and then he's got a cold little drink on the beach so it's uh that's it's that's good. good stuff man yeah. i like that and it's just refreshing to hear you know the whole food message uh, you know in whatever form that that takes for you or, or resonates with you and you know i see when i go out running i'm sure you do i'm sure everybody does you know, people that are out for like a three mile run and they're just armed to the gills with like gels and drinks. And, and it's, to me, it shows me how powerful the marketing is of all these messages that are like, you know, you don't take one step outside your house unless you have, you know, Cytomax or Gatorade or whatever form, you know, it doesn't matter what it is like something, you know, that, or, or other, or, or you're never going to make it. You yeah. Know? It's funny to see people, um, you know, hiking up and down because it's like they just came straight from REI. Like the tags are still on their mm -hmm. big, huge packs and uh, and their w different water things. And you're seeing different uh, food pouches and stuff hanging out every corner. And they're, you know, just going up a couple miles and back down. It's, mm -hmm. um, they're carrying a lot of weight. They could probably just carry a little bit less. I mean, it's, right. it's good to be prepared. It's the mountains. So you Sometimes be people need to get all that stuff, though. It gets them out there. You yeah. Know? So yeah. it's like whatever, whatever gets you it. out there. Whatever you know it. what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. But I think the the message I was trying to convey was more that you know this idea that that you know you need all these nutritional products uh, or somehow your body is just going to dissolve you know thirty minutes after leaving your house if you're exercising and you know I've fallen prey to that myself when I first started doing all this stuff I had all kinds of crazy stuff and you know over the years it's been a slow process of weaning myself off of that stuff and seeing how I felt and I realized like. I don't really need all this stuff. You know, there's certain things you need or it's fine, but, but to be a little more conscious or judicious about what those things are. Yeah. I, I think I've also, with my diet, I've, I've kind of taught it how to use fat as fuel too. Mm -hmm. I, um, you know, like I'll start morning and, um, I'll have like a little scoop of like coconut oil and maybe some almond butter or something like that, but I'm, you know, getting some fats in there right away. And, and then I, um, 
and then I go for a run and I normally don't have anything. Well, and your, an your, your training is aerobic zone training. You're burning mm-hmm. your, you're burning fat for fuel, you know, as a, a natural pro you're not like going and doing, you know, hundred yard sprints a yeah. hundred times. Yeah. Over. It depends what you're doing, I yeah. think too. And, um, yeah, for like going those longer distances and, and stuff, I think you really need to tap into that, the, the fat storage. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and I think the, the, that endurance training enhances your your body's ability to utilize those fat stores for fuel. And the more efficient and adept you get at that, the longer you can go without having to bring stuff with you. And then when you use calories, you're using them strategically. So mm-hmm. like you know, like you you take a gel and like you're able to use that and use it more efficiently than if you're just someone who's really dependent on it. And, you know, some people are putting down three, four or more hundred calories, you know, an hour trying to, you right. know, cause they, they just, they get a little, um, once you start, dizzy. you got to keep going. Yeah, Once you, you know, start yeah. that. Yeah. So it's, I, I try to keep it, you know, pretty low. And even sometimes I'll only have like a half a gel and kind of stick that back in, in the pocket. And like, I, you know, just gave a little bit of sugar in there. Um, the brain's not foggy. You want to have good right. mental focus, especially when you're running down mountains and you know, every step is kind of critical to keeping your teeth. And, um, so <laughs> I, you, you know, lost any teeth? no, I haven't lost any teeth yet, which do you know yeah. other runners that have, uh, I've seen some people pretty banged up. I haven't, there's definitely been a few people that I've seen some good chips in mm-hmm. in the teeth and yeah, um, battle scars. Yeah. Apparently, I'm probably just not working hard enough that I have all my teeth. Yeah, I know you're not risking it. Yeah, you yeah. Know. What about shoes, man? Like, there's this weird thing going on right now where you know, border run comes out. It's all about <laughs> like barefoot running, and then this whole minimalism thing, you know, creeps up, and everybody's wearing those like sort of zero drop shoes. And and then all of a sudden, like hokas appear. Yeah, I think, and the- it goes completely <laughs> in the opposite direction. I, when I was at, I crewed at Badwater, and like everyone's wearing hokas, you know. And I was like, it's so, like, where do you fall on that spectrum? Yeah, I think uh, it's been funny to watch um, throughout the years, and even more fun when you get to work at like a running shoe store mm-hmm. through the process. I got to spend about um, well, almost a, a year working at Rugby Runners um, a couple years ago, and just. Um, it was just kind of like a, a side job as I was doing my massage practice and stuff still, but during one or two days a week, I'd work there and it was great because, um, you know, you get to just, you get to watch how people make their decisions and you, you can, you can help them out too, which was great, especially during that, the time where it's, you know, going from, z- you know, zero drop, super minimal shoes all the way to the hokas. And it's mm-hmm. fun to watch that, the pendulum swing, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, you just keep watching it and it's just kind of over the years it's at this point this point and then it swings up this way and then it swings a little bit and just it'll end up right back in the middle it's just you know how it how it's supposed to be um and for me i you know i've tried a lot of different shoes um and the good part about being in running and um and working at a running store and stuff you get to try lots of different Mm -hmm. things and feel what you like and um and i've definitely you know tried different things where even um, cause I've, I've dealt with like plantar fasciitis for a while, which was really annoying having different issues and, um, you yeah, know, a you lot got of people... a little spider tech on you right there, don't you? Hmm? Some tape on your knee. Yeah. Yeah. These are, um, these are actually some, some patches. They're called active patch for you. It's this company from France and it's, um, it's kind of like an acupuncture, um, thing. It's like this little, um, little chip in here to bring kind of like heat and oh, wow. um it have little like pins in it that go into your it, under your no, skin no it doesn't go into your skin it's um uh it's like a little ceramic thing um with different oh, wow. um 
different minerals in there to kind of bring that heat to that spot. So it's just like I've been having like a little uh, knee issue going on. And again, I've been working on keeping the glutes strong, uh -huh. but it's just something that's bringing a little bit more, um, bringing the awareness to me into those areas, but also um, there's bringing a little heat there. So we're getting a little bit more circulation. Um, yeah, cool. And I feel it helps a little bit. I just try to, I like to try um, a few different things to see what's like the thing that really works. Cause I don't, I'm not a person that just believes like one way is like, you know, live or die on acupuncture. Like that's the only thing I like to try, you know, lots of different forms mm -hmm. of, of body work and, and self care and, and see what actually see what's working. Work, for you. working. Yeah. And, to see. and where, and where does that fall down with the shoes? Cause I interrupted you. You were oh, yeah, tell me about the shoes. Um, like shoes, <laughs> like I, I've done it all, like even to the point where I was saying like I had, you know, some plantar fasciitis once and you know, you can wear um, like super feet or something arch support in your shoes, yeah. or you can, you know, be like veto that and you can go run barefoot. Uh -huh. and, and I've done a little bit of it all because I, I really think running barefoot in little amounts can be a, a great way to strengthen mm -hmm. um, your feet. But I, you know, it's also um, the people that are wearing, you know, like five fingers on pavement and, um, you or know, running it, barefoot on trails. Yeah. I, it, like, yeah. I mean, it's a good way to get glass stuck in there or, or they're, you know, like they're, there's so many different frames of people like, you know, being, I'm, I'm nice and small. I'm like five, nine. So like, I don't have a lot, you know, crashing down on my knees when I'm running. But if I was, you know, six, one, 200 pounds mm -hmm. running down there. And then if I was running in, in five rooms, that's a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff pounding on, on your joints. And, um, so I think you just need to be really you know smart with the choices you make. And if you do go more minimal, like to do it gradually. And I think that kind of gets missed sometimes and, as people are just, you know, keep telling you, oh, you know, wear these and, you know, this will change your, your back problems and your knee problems. Um, I think you should look at the other issues. Maybe it's not the shoes. Maybe it's, yeah. you know, doing some other strengthening. Things. Come on. It's the shoes that are going to yeah, fix me. Come on. <laughs> yeah, if you're, if you're hoping the shoes are going to fix you, that's the whole other problem you got going on. Uh, but then back to shoes, I, um, I've uh, got to work with being a few different companies over mm -hmm. the years running. I've got to really, uh, dive deep into shoes, which has been really a lot of fun for me. When I first started with working with uh, Pearl Zumi a few years back, uh -huh. I got to got really close to the, the the head guy in the shoe department there, and we just you know connected you know eye to eye on what we thought would be a, a good shoe, and um, and that was fun. It kind of got me started with working it, and and then I when I um, moved to the North Face um, a couple years ago, it was you know it's such a big huge company as and right. I wanted to work with shoes and I I didn't think their their shoes were at, at the best like I think there was lots there was need for improvement mm -hmm. on there and it's hard being the the young runner who's just accepted the team and like come there and tell them like you know this this isn't doing it for me what can we do and um and I, t I took that stance I you know went in there and said this it's just you know this isn't working for me I'd really like to give my feedback and work and um and I was really happy with they were, you know, really acceptive to that. And uh -huh. um, it took, you know, a few months um, before, like, they eventually brought me in. But uh, <laughs> I probably had to write a few too many emails. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I got in there. I tried to be, you know, super friendly and, you know, hearing their side. Because people that are working in the shoe department know way more than I do. I know what feels good for me. I have, you know, my opinions. But, um, you know, they've really been doing it for years. So I try to really be... Um, open to what they're saying and then give my feedback and really talk it out. Um, listen, you know, listening to each other. And so this past, um, 
you know, past six months now, I've been really working with the shoes of the North Face, and they, um, they were coming out with something that it's kind of close to the Ultra Trail, which just mm-hmm. came out, and it's a shoe that I've been wearing um, more recently, and I've, I'm always throwing, like, a different... Like a top-secret prototype? Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, I always have, like, you know, the prototype with the weird spongy <laughs> foam, and, and uh, you know, I'm just doing all these little um, little shifts in the shoe to make it exactly what I want, mm-hmm. and... Um, really excited for where we're going here because we've we've switched the last round to give a little bit more um, uh, room in the forefoot and then adding just a little bit more cushion, keep that drop. I I like a, a more minimal drop. I don't think um, I don't need a zero drop or anything like that, mm-hmm. but I, I like to have it a little bit lower than like, you know, 10 or something just so that, you know, the articulation when you're moving your foot is very natural. Um, mm-hmm. I want it to be as natural as possible, but, you know, I still like wearing sh- shoes. Right. Um, and when I'm running 100 miles, that's a lot of pounding on there. So I, I, I like just a, you know a, a good foam that's uh, you know responsive. But like for me, I'm running on trails. I don't need it as responsive as some shoes are. I like a little bit of cushion, not not like Hoka cushion. I don't right. you know I don't like I don't like running on clouds or pillows. Uh-huh. Um, but it, it's you know it's been a really cool process, and you know looking forward to keep working with them over the years, and really stoked. I I'm supposed to get a new one that like with all the changes that I've made in like a week or so. So I'm uh-huh. really excited to test cool, that. Man. Yeah. Nice. Well, we got to, uh, we got to wrap it up here in a minute, but I can't let you go without, um, a final thought, which is, you know, you're a guy who's really living a life based on your heart. You know, you're following your heart. You're and in many ways. It's a, you know, it's a faith-based way of life where you're on this adventure, you know, that really is just an expression of what started out as this childlike joy. Right. And, and most people, you know, they're not, they're not expressed in their lives in that kind of way, you know, so they're feeling stuck or, you know, they're in a job they don't like, or maybe they don't even know what they're passionate about and they don't really know how to get off the highway, you know, where's the exit ramp or how can I start to, you know, access something in my life that is meaningful in the way that running is for you. So what kind of advice or, you know, inspiration (laughs) can you give to people out there? You know, one thing I learned in, in massage school that was just huge was just, you know, just knowing my truth. And, you know, like a lot of people, you have all these thoughts you want to, you know, you, you want to, quit this job and it's a whole bunch of sacrifices, but it's this passion that you follow and I'm not telling you to quit your job, but like, you know, follow your passions, follow your heart. We, you know, we're blessed with this, this life on earth and, um, in this form that we're in right now. And, um, you know, take advantage of that. Like it's, um, it's quite the blessing to have. And, you know, I could have, I, I have a, a, <laughs> a business degree and a minor in accounting go back to it and I could, I could go to accounting and like, yeah, I, and maybe, you know, I could I have, have made, I could have that. made, it's, it's off. <laughs> I laugh at myself, especially now when I try to do like, yeah. a, um, like some taxes and stuff. And I'm just like, I have no clue about that. My wife's like, you went to school for this. I'm like, yeah, I know that was years ago. I, I lost uh-huh. that. Um, but you know, you just, you need to follow your, your heart and that, you know, that's just what I've been doing and you're going to have, you know, it's going to, you're going to have those struggles. You're going to, you might fail at sometimes and think of them as opportunities more than just a failure. You know, I'll let that, you know, push you to, to really work hard to, to give it your everything. And, um, yeah. And 
I don't know. I, th- I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I don't think it matters whether you succeed or you fail. What matters is that you take steps to bring more of that passion into your life. And it may mean that you you can't quit your job right now, but there are always ways to, um, you know, explore those things uh, that bring you joy in ways that don't mean you have to quit your job overnight, you yeah. know, and, and follow you know, whatever, those threads, you know. And whatever you choose, you know, do with all your heart. Maybe it's not the job that you exactly wanted or think at the time it's not, but if you put everything into it and you don't go to work every day, just bummed out and that, but you go in there happy and like, you know, you're, you're whistling and you can make each moment. Oh, the Timothy, best moment. back to the gratitude thing. Come on. <laughs> it's a good thing. <laughs> I, you know, it's just uh, saying I read once, but it's just, you know, just each, you know, each moment's the, the best moment. And the, the more you, you think of, of that and not that this is a trying one or this is a, a bad day. Um, yeah, I think it's just having that, that mental attitude as you go into things and in the, the hard situations, making the best of them and remembering to breathe, remembering to, to stay present in those hard times and, and, you know, live inside your body and not out of it and in your mind. And you can I think you can enjoy wherever you are. I think that's a good place to end it, man. Yeah. Right I on. think we did it. Yeah. Did we do it? Nice work, man. How do you feel? <laughs> good, good. It's great talking. To you. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. Well, thanks so much. Yeah. Uh, if people want to check you out, man, you're on Twitter at it's Timothy Allen Olson, right? What is it? No, I got all kinds of things. So, um, Timothy Allen Olson.com is my blog your, and where right. I try to that's do the reports. main place. Yeah. And then, um, my Twitter is, uh, Timmy uh, Olson underscore Timmy, run. Right, right, right. Timmy, yeah. Yeah. Timmy Olson underscore run. Yeah. So I, I try to, you know, more this year, I've been really trying to kind of give a daily type thing of just where I'm doing when I'm running. I, you know, I could, I could write a blog post, you know, every week and try to bore people to death with my thoughts and stuff, but just I think a nice you should little, write more. I think yeah. you're, I love your writing, man. Well, thanks. I you don't have no. to wait. You don't have to wait for a race to give a report. <laughs> I do know? need to write more. I get uh, I get sidetracked with things. Like, yeah, playing on Twitter too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I, I try to like give some updates and um, you know just trying to try to stay positive um, as, I, as I do it. Yeah, cool. And so, what's the next thing that's coming up? Next thing, I will be traveling in uh, first of May to um, the Canary Islands again. Um, going to be living in La Palma for three weeks there, um, running a race called Transvolcania, but also, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, no complaints. I think I'm going to yeah. be doing a, a training camp um, the weekend before the race, um, and that's what's helping me get there, and cool. um, yeah, they're putting me up, and and uh, and then we're going to stay there for a few weeks, uh, make sure Krista gets some good runs in, and, and then I'm going to hop up and down uh, the last part of the race, which is awesome. It, the, the finish of the race is like 20 K down and you lose like 8,000 feet or wow. something. It's, it's ridiculous. And the, it's, um, it's all fixed lava, but it's, you know, it's all over the place. So you really got to make sure you're going, uh, you're smart on the way down. So I'm going to try to run up that a bunch and, um, and then we're going to go to Colorado and hang there for a little while, get ready for, for, um, hard rock. Hard rock. And then it's kind of, uh, we're going to settle down. We're going to find, uh, good place to live and call home and uh um yeah enjoy the day-to-day things of having a kid and and enjoying life well i'll see you back in southern california then (laughs) it's it's pretty nice here yeah (laughs) all right good man well cool all right man thanks a lot yeah man thanks for having me peace Peace. plants
All right, you guys, that's our show. I hope you enjoyed it. If Timothy doesn't uh, motivate you to want to get out on the trails, feel the sun on your back, embrace the gratitude in your life for all the good things that we have, for the glass half full, then uh, I don't know what's going to. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Want to support the show? Best thing to do, man, tell a friend. That's all. Just spread the word. It's viral. This is about the people. So we appreciate everybody who's uh, working hard to uh, spread the consciousness of the message that I'm trying to put out there. So it'd be great. I love it when people... Uh, tag the show on Instagram or on Twitter, just, you know, tag it, Rich Roll, and put a little image up of their MP3 player or whatever they're listening to it. I love all that stuff. I, I, I actually save all those pictures. So that's cool. Keep that, that stuff up, you guys. Um, you can take it step one step further by uh, using the Amazon banner ad at richroll.com. Uh, will not cost you a cent extra on any Amazon purchase that you make, but Amazon gives us a little commission coin. And uh, that keeps us afloat here. It helps me pay, pay Tyler, my son, who produces the show, and he does all the music, which is awesome, right? So give Tyler a shout-out in the comments uh, beneath the show notes on my site. Um, it keeps him motivated. Uh, make sure that he knows that he is appreciated. Uh, so, yeah, Amazon Banner Ad, really helpful to us. Thank you so much, you guys who have been doing it. You can also donate to the show by subscribing one-time basis, weekly, monthly, or whatever. There's a button on my site for that as well. And uh, if you could take a minute or two, and if it feels right to you, to leave a little review on iTunes uh, on the show page on, on in the iTunes uh, environment, that really helps us out. So thank you so much for everybody who has done that. So that's it. I'll wrap it up by just saying if you want to check out, uh, get some cool plant power provisions, go to richroll.com for that. We got t-shirts, we got beanies, we got trucker hats. Those are new, you guys. A couple different kinds of beanies and trucker hats. Lots more cool stuff coming up in development. We got the plant power t-shirts, of course, the cookbook, the meditation program, nutritional supplement products, and more cool stuff on the way very soon. Uh, You can read my musings on my blog at richroll.com and follow me on Twitter, Instagram. I'm at richroll, all those good places. And uh, yeah, I'm going to start doing videos. If you enjoyed the little trailer video for this episode, um, that was fun. I'm going to start making that a core critical aspect of all of these shows. I'm really going to work hard to kind of expand the video aspect of what we're doing, which is really fun. So anyway, thanks for tuning in. I know you guys got lots of choices for your content, people pulling at you for your eyeballs and your ears. So I appreciate you tuning in and for listening. And I hope you guys have a great week and can't wait to be back with you next week. Good stuff coming up. Lots of great guests. And uh, that's it, man. Thanks a lot. Take it easy. Have a good one. Peace. Plants. Yay!